strap in for another long one, guys. It's what podcasts are all about. You know, the crazy thing is, as long as this podcast was, uh, Lucid and I talked for, I don't know, maybe two hours off mic. Uh, and that's it's like brings up the same thing from last week. Like I have so much good conversations like off mic when I just we, we're not recording. Whenever I just started recording those, but just releasing those on a, like Patreon or something. Uh, anyways, <coughs> excuse me. Daniel Bartle, aka Lucid Flows, returns. Uh, if you guys don't remember him, I met him in a uh, in an alleyway when he was doing some graffiti. I said, hey, man, will you come do my podcast? And he did. And uh, we've uh, developed a little friendship ever since then. And it's been awesome. And I'm just, uh, it's really cool to have uh, met him and have him on the podcast. And just to, because I respect him. Like, he's super smart. Uh, he motivates me. And he probably doesn't even know it. And, uh, and he's always really uh, just super nice and um, oh, what's the word? I don't know. I'm going to skip it. Um, anyway, he's just a really cool dude. I hope you guys like this episode. Uh, I wanted him on just to hang out and talk to him. Uh, he's just one of my favorite people and he's uh, an amazing artist. Uh, both like graffiti, regular art, graphic art, and like rapping. He's like an awesome rapper. I love He's got this older album that's just, we talk about it in the episode. It's It's got a lot of real Wu-Tang feel. It's phenomenal, you guys. Check it out if you can find it. I don't even know if it's on Spotify or anything. I haven't looked. I've got the CD and I just listened to that. Um, anyways, we're going to, I wanted to promote his uh, his new music video that just dropped on YouTube. Uh, you know, his name's Lucid Flows and the video is called One Man Posse. Look for it. Give it some views. Give it a thumbs up. Like it. All that good stuff. Give it that Neander talk love. Neander talk love, baby. That's what we're talking about. And uh, and then I'm going to play it right now before we get started with the episode. So here is episode 40, Lucid Flows, and here is One Man Posse. And before we start, I tricked you. Guys, if, this is on, if you're watching this on YouTube, can you just go down there and hit that subscribe button? I don't care if you never watch one of my videos again, but if you just hit that subscribe button. Same with iTunes, Spotify. Uh, Stitcher, Google Play, all that stuff. If you guys are listening, uh, it would be really cool. I know it's a pain in the ass. Trust me, I know. Every single podcast asks for you to do that. And most of you guys don't do it. I understand. I understand. But I'm like, you know, I'm trying to grow this bad boy. Let's get some numbers. Let's see what we can do. Give me that love, you guys. I love you. Uh, And if you don't, at least thanks for being here now and checking it out. Uh, Episode 40. Lucid flows, but first, one man posse. And that's my new motto. One man posse, not gonna stop me. Godspeed adventure, a contender, I'm the top seed. Clock things, a squash beef like a crock's teeth up under swamps, deep dark water, jaws seem plague of all these claws sink deep inside your mind. Mind designs, rhymes that are something of a cost. Ox feet, hawk swings, jabber walk offspring, rattlesnake, venom, and a wasp sting. One man posse, not gonna stop, not gonna stop, not gonna stop. One man posse, not gonna stop, not gonna stop. Matter of fact, try to block it, ran right through. About to blow up from the underground like 
One man posse, not gonna stop me. Sharp as a Mach 3, raise a plate of shop, keep master on my tray like I done enslaved a swap meat, chop me, butcher with a hot beast. Thirsty with the earth, so murder them and get off scot free. Everybody in a body, got a body, kamikaze fly boy. It's the same old story, another plane going down in a blaze of glory because of one man posse, not gonna stop, not gonna stop, not gonna stop. Six minutes, I'm on, I'm swilling with my brew People all up for solo, don't even need a crew I'm a one-man posse Not gon' stop me Not gon' stop me Not, not gon' stop me One-man posse, turvy, topsy Cannot clock me, I'm moving at my speed They try to cop me, cotton, oxy Death will separate them like Whitney and Bobby Stick with me probably, not if it's a problem You got me, this pimp shit is whipping jalopies Can I be the odd be? A-double-L out sloppy Bum with a mean right hook like Rocky Man, dog fighting in the cockpit. IT, I don't care if fans try to mob me. Ready for the love, Abu Dhabi and oddly. Less than the best if I copy. Assimilated garbage is honestly not me. You got three. Take a swag like I feel the knock. Nigga, I'm David and this bitch a fucking one man pot. They ain't gonna stop me from doing my thing. The independent affiliate, mad militant, similar to a gang. The spit still critically acclaimed. Bitch kill, sit still, big deal. Still minutes in the game. How they gonna stop me now? You gonna come top me how? You cocky enough to box me? I'm Rocky and Pocky out. I crack jaws of assholes, fragile as glass, Joe You can crash and burn in a furnace next to a gas stove Fix it a snap again You been bitching and babbling Shut up and take a listen, bitch You been missing what's happening Cities unraveling And it's wrapped in the fact that these shitty rappers Is passing as advocates for immaculate One man posse, not gonna stop me Too innovative to be barricaded or box me Hot flow, hot springs, hack a safe face Rip break protocols are all anonymous proxies One man posse, not gonna stop Not gonna stop, not gonna stop one man posse, not gon' stop. Not gon' stop. Not gon' stop. Mad facts try to block it, ran right through. Got to blow up from the underground like landmines. One man posse, not gon' stop. Not gon' stop. Not, not gon' stop. I can huff or I can puff puff pass. I prefer peace because love's what lasts, but we can do whatever you like. If you want to find out what it's like in the motorbike and dump truck clash, certified fresh flows, bona fide. Dip, dip, dive, self socialize. I spit it with commitment to the hit the limit of it, flip it to overdrive. Your can't contain me. Ain't no box can put me into that I don't rip through like wet tissue. Too versatile, too many styles to reconcile. Always come up with something original. Ain't nothing typical up in my kitty tools. Unequivocal skill when I spit it, you'll rip it. So this is a wolf's in the skin of wool. Ambition for visualizing the pinnacle. Maintain momentum, I won't quit. Pursuit of a passion, poetical push and provide a part of people that dope shit damn damn thank you sir yeah 
Thank you for being here again. Yeah, yo, thanks for thanks for having me, man. <sighs> I don't feel like I'm worthy having a talented a dude as as talented as you on my podcast, and it's crazy that you want to be here. Uh, to be honest with you, yeah, I mean, I I think that um, really the only the most worthy uh, should be able to uh, enjoy my presence. That's bullshit. Yeah, I'm, I appreciate it. Uh, I, I'm glad you think <laughs> that, man. Um, but yeah, man, you're you a know. real one. You're a fucking real one. Yeah, but you know what's more important than uh, being something is just being somebody, and yeah. like I, that's my focus is um, not not trying to think I'm anything that I'm not. First off, for sure. And then if and when the day comes that I become or more specifically my art becomes uh something that you know might make people believe that i should be something else that i just stay true to yeah who i am that's uh, uh the goal is to get to the point where i face that test at this point <laughs> okay does that make sense are you more focused on getting to that point now than you ever have been in your life? Mm, this no, 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 definitely not. But uh, what's are happening? you focusing on it now? Yes. Nice. But here's the thing: I've been, I've been. Uh, so you know, anyone who listened to the last episode we did months and months and months back, um, you know, knows that I'm a dad. And so when I started having kids, it was kind of for me a conscious decision to dial back. Uh, my artistic um endeavors and focus on them now i didn't stop producing music and art i stopped um imposing the expectations or the the pressure of like getting ready for an art show or getting ready for a show or trying to uh, promote music that i put out or something so um for years now, literally, uh, I've just been kind of laying low uh, inside my head, inside my routine and my life, just making music and collaborating with people. Um, and so, you know, learning um, motion graphics and animation and yeah. um, just trying to trying to engineer um, what I thought would be a legitimate body of work that then whenever I switched gears to putting it out, it would be something that could propel me further. And so that that's where I'm at now is I've um, developed that body of work mm -hmm. and now it's about trying to figure out how to get it out in a productive manner to garner interest. Yeah. Um, so one man posse has, has worked smashingly well to, to that regard. Um, and I, I kind of went into this, like thinking one man posse is a great thing that down the road, um, when someone is checking out the new thing that I did and then they go back into my catalog and they find that, then I'll be like, Oh man, yeah, this is dope. You know, uh, the initial response has been just out of this world though. Um, for me, yeah. you know, uh, there's a lot, a lot of artists would be like, oh, yeah, cool. A, a thousand views. Yeah. Good job. It's big, pretty big dope, deal. Man. That's that's what I get on a Instagram post. You know what I mean? It's pretty sweet. I love it. 
I uh, I've turned a lot of people onto it. And thank in, you. And in fact, I got into a car with a friend last night, and we're driving to go get some munchies at. Uh, uh, what's that place called? It's a great munchie place. Oh, Jack in the Box. Okay. Yeah, everything. Anyways, so we're going up there, and one song plays, and all of a sudden, One Man Posse came on right after that oh, on our Spotify. Dope. I was like, yeah, are you kidding me? This is dope. actually on here? This is on your playlist? She's like, yeah, dope. I love it. She's like, yeah, thanks for showing it to me. I was like, yeah. So I was like, he's going to be on the podcast in a couple of days. She's like, oh, yeah. So that, That's yeah, dope, man. It's cool, man. Trash's gotten a lot of love, and you know, it's not a very... It's not a very serious track. It's like it's fun. It's good. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's just wordplay, a, a little bit rowdy. It's just lyricism, mm-hmm. really. And it's like, uh, you know, you notice that beat doesn't even have a melody. It's like just percussion. Mm-hmm. Every part of that beat is is percussive. And is that a word? Percussive? Yeah. Um, and it's fucking banging, dude. It's, I love it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's got a great bounce to it. So. Right now, um, in the promotion put out of that, like obviously I'm, you know, uh, taking full advantage of relationships I have, like with you or on Saturday, uh, I was on the, uh, show me mix show on 91 KKFI, me and Lou Rip went up there and they, I, I know, uh, kids won like old school. Um, so he, he welcomed us up and, you know did the version of red carpet that my, my station, you know, appreciates, which is really just, it's just love, you know, uh, when you show up and they played it and it just felt, it felt right. It felt good. It felt like, uh, this is, yeah, it's a, it's a track. It's a project. It's something that, you know, knowing also what else I have queued up to come out. Uh And then that's the first thing that, I dropped with everything else coming behind it, uh, which I think is significantly more potent um, in different regards. I'm not, you know, saying it's going to, it's all going to shit on one man posse um, because like I did my thing on it, but do Gotti and Lou Rip just, just murdered that track. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I remember going into that beat and being like, do what? what am I going to do to this? You know, cause my tracks are like my old school stuff, which you, which you have, you have the old album, like highly, con- highly conceptual tracks, Man. right? A very wordy. Um, there's some hooks on here, right? Yeah. But I've never been like hook centric. Right. So I've, I've never, uh, I've never been the artist that just comes up with a catchy hook. Right. And then, you know, raps to, or, to source or whatever. that stuff out. Well, yeah. Right. And, uh, if you're not you a good, can. if you're not good at at hooks, though, I mean, wouldn't you just you source? It yeah, out? That, I mean, that's an option. I if you wanted to have a hook, I, would, I, I wouldn't know who to, who to source it out. I I write way more hooks than I've had, you know, written for me. Yeah. Um, hey, is it fair to say? I mean, for me, anyways, uh, like kind of the first half, at least, of that album is like real. Uh, I get a real Wu Tang vibe from it. You're talking about uh, Project Lucid? Yeah, Project. Is that what it's called? I, like, dude, I was a super Wu-Tang fan. I would say that Wu-Tang was probably the the greatest influence on me when I was young and stupid and naive and had just started college and, um, you know, was smoking too much weed. And Every like, white kid in the 90s, right? Yo, I want to rap. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I want to do this. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh you know cool that that's great i think what the awakening was because i was into kung fu flicks you know when they came out um there was a place i grew up in arvada colorado and in the in boulder uh this was like late 90s right and in boulder there was a it was called the video station and it was like a two-story video rental store because uh, i remember it, those the internet wasn't really much I of a thing those. back then and they had an anime section and a kung fu section yep and it was all binders and each page was oh, a wow. movie right and so they had a warehouse in back yeah. so you would you'd go through stacks of binders mm-hmm. and you could uh you know you could get into all the old jackie chan and all the old um bruce lee but then like really dig into the you know the wu-tang stuff and this was probably i i think i had listed a wu-tang before i ever watched any of the wu-tang movies but i had watched a ton of martial arts movies before i became aware of them though i was much more like an anime head i i yeah I like because i anime. i draw and i'm i'm an artist i right. just you know had had a real hard on for anime since i was young um because it's it's like my brain in motion yeah. <laughs> out nice. there, you know? Um, yeah, man. Wu-Tang. Uh, man, how can you listen to Wu-Tang and not want to rap? Right, for <laughs> you know sure. What I, mean? I, I do know what you yeah. mean. I do, M-E-T-H-O-D, man. man. Like every, yeah, everybody does Dude, that. The, oh my, the charisma and the versatility of, um, of a group like that. Mm-hmm. No one... Uh, I mean, who had done that before? Nobody. With with the depth, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it just seemed like the squad was so deep and it was so versatile and, like, each one had their own thing and their own mythos. Like, they, they were mythological creatures and had so much depth and, like, it was also, since it was before, you know, Spotify and before... Uh, this was age of MTV when MTV was real popping. Dude, yeah, and you couldn't just go on YouTube and look up a Wu Tang video. If you wanted to see a Wu Tang video, you had to catch it on, on TV or yeah, on exactly. TV at yeah. So you at had a to have cable. Time. I didn't have cable. Yeah. Um so I mean I think the first time I actually got to see a Wu Tang. Or you had to buy video. their tape. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And then man, the whole the whole story, like some starting from, you know, selling on the back of a Trying trunk, to hustle trunk of their car, like hustling and getting on the radio station, and, yeah, and and they blew up. And now, them having gone where they've gone, it's it's nigh impossible to see how it could have gone anywhere else. You know, you see uh, yeah. the RZA having done what he's done, and it's like, oh, well, I mean, they had yeah. a a genius, and <laughs> and then there's genius Jizza, who, yeah. um, you know, is is one of my favorite lyricists, but. But Rizzo, like he just thought. I mean, I don't want to project in his brain. What I right. what I witnessed is someone who who sees the world in a capacity larger than most other people, mm-hmm. and um, had something inside of him that superseded his environment and and uh, worked within uh, this this dynamic and you know like found his way into movies and doing soundtracks yeah. 
and I love acting. watching him. I and love I love watching a movie that I don't know he's in, and then he pops in. And he's like, "Oh shit, that's the RZA." Uh, yeah, I love. It. It's like, yes, this movie's great, <laughs> dude. And no one sounds like him. Yeah, you know, or even no. kind of looks like him. He's got kind of yeah, a unique, not really look. very unique. Yeah, 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 absolutely he's a unique and, dude. I mean, all those dudes, all of them, they all seem like like royalty. They are royalty. Know? Yeah. Oh, I mean, obviously, like hip hop world, they are. I'm just saying. What like, would ODB be like right today? You think? Who would he be like? What or? would he be like Man, if ODB was still around? I miss that dude. I miss that. Have you seen his son? No. Uh Robin over here. Do me a favor. Click on uh, on here. Hit the Google button. Uh, hit uh oh. ODB, just ODB, uh, old dirty bastard son. Oh, what is his name? I mean, young ODB. He, he had young like, ODB. He had like thirteen kids, right? Hold on, this dude is. Uh, oh my god, yeah, ODB Junior. Um, oh, he, he. Gosh, what did I see him? I saw there was some kind of documentary, a Wu Tang documentary, and they did spitting image. And they were yeah, looks That's just crazy. like him. Looks yeah. just like him. So does he rap? Yeah. And he sound and he tries to sound like his dad. How, how would how would you not rap if you grew up in if you were ODB's kid and looked yeah, like that and yeah, looks like that? Yeah, but like uh, ODB seemed like he was he's like a it's like that bright burning star that just mm-hmm. like you know it's expending energy at such a degree that yeah you can't not see it yeah but it it's not gonna last oh, is that, it's it's a long sucks. time and yeah I I agree. But it, it's also really cool as, you know, now that I'm getting older and, and a lot of me figuring out my stuff is uh, is engineering, like, the long-term strategy, right? And then seeing those dudes, you know, seeing Method Man on, like, a news channel, like, wearing a suit, being that dude, and then seeing him in, um, you know, in any number of TV shows yeah. and being this character or that character and... and you know, he wasn't so attached to yeah. like, oh, no, I have to be the hero or whatever, you yeah. know, or I have to be like the hardest motherfucker on here. Right. That he could be on the wire and he was still, you know, he was still like hard, but he was not the hardest on right. that show. But he also killed the performance. And um, so talented. that takes. Jeez. Yeah, man. And I mean, we could just we could really just talk about Wu-Tang all night and <laughs> probably couldn't. not run out of content. Right. Um, but very influential on me. Absolutely. I mean, it would, I grew up with comic Good. books and graphic novels and, yeah. and to me listening to their music was just like listening to a graphic novel. Right. And it gave me the realization, the eye opening that, that I think that's what I was attracted to. Yeah. Um, I was talking to my, uh, just via, um, I am my homie Lou Rip on, uh, Instagram, I think yesterday, because he posted. That dude's dope. Um, Shout out to Lou Rip. Dude, Lou Rip. That is dude's solid. <laughs> that, I've been, fo- dude. I just, I just found out him because of your, your one man posse. Yeah. And then he's been associated with you. The dude actually followed me. I got a little. Dude, that. It was pretty awesome that he followed. So shout out to Lou Rip. Uh, yeah, that dude's sick, man. He's super talented. So, <laughs> so like, I knew who Lou was, but like back in the day. Um, I written this verse, uh, 
Loose it on deck, prep the jet, set for takeoff. Aim high, gray skies, stretch out the way, cross my line of sight, behind which lies a great beyond, gone yonder, under venture, render chaos. And like every time I was in a bar with that dude, that dude would just run, and you know, he's, what is he, like six, five, six, 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 seven, or whatever. Yeah. Big motherfucker. And he just like run up in my face, loose it on deck, prep the jet, set for takeoff. And um, I mean, I've had a lot of people give me props about like my shit, but I've never had someone like so emphatically excited about just some lines I wrote that they cool. would come up and like spit him on my face. And then, oh, cool. um, you know, obviously like he is no slouch on the mic yeah, by any means. Um, and so it was years in the making for us to finally find the opportunity to work together, not just on some tracks. We did some tracks. Um, I was on a, uh, Oh, it's called Pusha Man. It was like the hidden track. I think maybe only on the CD version of uh, Vestige Autonomy. Um, and I love that track. It's really dope. It's uh, it samples the old Pusha Man. Um, I'm the Pusha Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and you know the bass line. It's like really fun to yeah, ride. Yeah. Um, and and so the way we both just kind of went in on that track. It was really cool. And I was like, dude, we, we just got a good vibe. But then it was again, a, a long time uh, later before we, we started working on more stuff. But I, from the beginning, I had that dude slated as like, if I, if I find the right spots, like I want him nice. on my shit. One man posse. He just like, I, I wrote my thing and, you know, I, I went on the real strict like rhyme scheme of, posse godspeed adventure we could tend to run the top seed you know um my whole verse is like i don't think i break from that rhyme scheme in both of my verses and then Gotti did the same thing and mm-hmm. he freaked it yeah. he like took it in a whole other way and then lou comes Cotton, in from, oxy yeah oh dude whitney and bobby yeah yeah and we, man we could break down those verses and yeah lou, lou and i were geeking out on Gotti's verse uh the other day because he just has the crazy shit in there that you don't even realize I'd uh, I'd be the I'd be a double L out sloppy and it's like odd that dude's dope too oddball like outs you know it just uh man anyway They're a great song I man I I like it I've I've listened to that song a lot I bet uh you know you make music you listen to it ad nauseum. do you make love to that song I've never made love to that song how about to any of your songs no I think that'd be weird man. would it. I, so. I, I don't I, I personally don't feel like I make uh, very sexy music because um, yeah I'm not saying do it for the sexiness just uh, do it because just, to, just that's to right it, babe just to, that's right babe how are you feeling uh, getting banged by the dude that made this dope track also <laughs> also really don't know that uh, my, my wife would be into that like, she would probably start laughing really yeah or just think it was <laughs> I think she'd think it was it was silly. Sorry, I gotta throw a little monkey oh, wrench at you. Oh, yeah, th- <laughs> throw away. That's why I'm here. I'm I'm not here to, to hell yeah. You know, just man. Thanks for being part. Thanks for throwing me into your uh, media tour you got going on. That little radio thing, and then you said you got another thing going on pretty soon. Yeah. Are you really trying if, to like? If, just if my homie Belico hits me up, then trying to we're just supposed to pimp all this. Um, here's the thing. I'm trying to do everything I can do, which is. Which is not a lot. So yeah. uh, one of the, I don't know, you know, if you want to dig into one man posse, it's like, to me, the premise of that is a lot the DIY approach to yeah. things. 
Um, I love you know, it. If, That's if all anyone I do. listening to this has seen the video and doesn't know that um, that I edited and animated that video, also now you know. And it took me a long time because wow. I didn't know how to edit and animate before I got into that video. But, oh, the animation of all the words and stuff. Yeah, I'm so type type animation. Yeah, that's, that's a type of animation. Yeah, I'm not not. There, and there's a few there's a few other flourishes. Yeah, yeah. Um, now the jittery. Uh, I, I was hanging out with my homie Neil, who um, I used to live next to back in art school, but he he's out in Whitefish, Montana these days. He's a he's just like a motion guru. He actually hung up doing motion which is crazy he like years back was doing stuff for um like uh you know vh1 bt uh comedy central like he would do a lot of um the you know how they how they have like the segway animated shorts and stuff Mm -hmm. so he would do that stuff and wow he's amazing at it but i guess he just he kind of lost interest i think it's a very cumbersome um industry like right you sing a lot of time and right stuff. anyway he was out visiting one day and uh i showed him that video and i had it like 90 some percent to where it is it was basically the same video but he was like hey, why don't you send that to me and uh oh, cool i'm gonna just tweak it yeah i'm just gonna add, add polish it. it yeah and then he added the the the, the bounce effect the jittery effect oh, you cool. know how it bounces yep um and uh he used um you know, he coded that in oh, cool. and I was like, Oh dude, I love the effect. But the version he had, it was like all, it was, the whole thing was, was bouncing. Okay. I was like, okay. But then I lose all the time. I sunk into doing <laughs> the, the really careful, like, right. like masking out, uh, any one of us so that letters come from behind us, like okay. all, all the nuance and, and everything. It's like, <clears throat> that's not there then, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, also it was kind of giving me, uh, me a headache to, right, to watch, watch it so jittery and, right so he gave me one version with one version without and then i edited it in and out um but and then he also added uh there's like some particle effects like it you know it looks like maybe there's a fire and now there's like ash kind of floating through yeah. there added, added that kind yeah. of stuff um you know so it's like one man posse is kind of a diy thing but at the same that's time so cool wow um, that's so cool it looks like it's got so much production and professionalism put to it it looks like it just looks like a big deal and it, i'm not saying that it's I, not but that you that it's a diy thing and that it looks that dope yeah. that's sick i love that so I obviously because everything i do is diy yeah well so you appreciate yeah you appreciate that's what i'm what saying i love yeah. it that makes it even better yeah it might seem less impressive if uh if i were actually able to quantify the amount of hours that i put into it and then uh someone like sat at a computer for that amount of hours they might be like okay this is a lot less impressive to me no way. but uh staring at a screen for hours dude uh, that's not easy well to do. And, and learning how to do it at the same time i know um, i know yeah yeah but so so <clears throat> that uh i don't know that that video is it's dope uh largely um because when we made the video we just like kind of vibed out like mm-hmm. everybody that was involved in that video are homies of mine mm-hmm. got miss uh we were roommates for uh some years back in the oh, really? early 2000s yeah um that dude's dope i like his stuff a lot that dude's dude, sick how can you not like god yeah. god he draws too and he's a he's really, oh, really? Good at, 
drawing yeah i mean he's oh, cool. he's an artist artist um but his rhymes like when, when we lived together he would just like he'd write rhymes and just he had verses all over the house and his rhymes and his style and his voice and he has a cool look you know what i mean he's just dude, a cool he's, looking he's a natural. dude well and one of the things he's that a cool looking dude yeah one of the things that jumped out to me when i was editing that video is he had given me it was like he was seeing his rhymes in front of his eyes, and then when I saw him doing motions to his rhymes, it was like he was instructing to me how to, um, like when he does the odd, yeah, the yeah, yeah, L, yeah, you know, Where, I was like, how to make your video, oh, well, with the, yeah, he's pretty much telling me right now, put the beat, yeah, put it behind him, and then he's he animates it in, yeah, you know? and, and um, we filmed that in a night. My homie Phil Koenig did the camera work and also built what was a green cube so we green screened it mm -hmm. but we also filmed it with a fisheye lens which shows 180 degrees right so you can't just have like a flat green screen because okay. then you're just going to have like whatever's over there <laughs> and over there um right. it's going to be on the camera right so he built in an art studio that uh he he had at the time he built a green cube okay cool um, where at where was this art studio at the old uh was it in osco osco drug it's oh uh, cool it's at uh 39th in maine just down from there kind of like oh. right across the street from yeah uh, there back was, uh, in the day where recycled sounds used to be yeah. and stuff um westport road yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and main street and it was in pretty CVS. Sure was there was a CVS there, right? I think it was an Osco drug. Like hmm. back when. Okay. It was like pre CVS or CVS was not. Okay. What but was. now there's a CVS there, I think, right? There might be. Well, so that building is an artist studio. They, okay. they turned it into artist studios. Okay. My homie Psych did the mural on the, on the outside. Um, and. Dude, you know all the coolest people. I, I dude, I lucked out. Like I, I came up with. <laughs> with these dudes right um and yeah man i mean we all kind of i like to think we all just sort of motivated each other um to yeah always be stepping up our game and then nice uh decades later mm -hmm. um those of us who kept doing it kept stepping up our game were you know we're we're doing stuff you know that is the uh one of the my favorite things about this podcast is i've it's really gotten me involved with local music and like how awesome the local scene Kansas is. Kansas City has a has a dope. It's uh, insane. Music scene. It's and insane. Like there's uh, people I've never heard of. Uh, like I just for whatever reason I've never gotten super balls deep into local. Of, of course, Tech Nine and Strange Music, but I never got. What's well, it's always it's, been it's, like? It's awesome. There's so many amazing. Like it's I had, always been like oh. like well pocketed. So there's uh, since I came here, which was in in 98 and I found um a really fervent but but pretty small uh, hip hop scene. Yeah. But th that's why everyone knows each other. It's like everyone right. who was doing stuff back then knew who each other was mm -hmm. because um we were sharing a, a lot of venues. Right. That makes we weren't sense. sharing a lot of venues. We were all a lot of us sharing the few venues that were available. Sure. Um and everyone who was actually, you know, showing up and trying to trying to do shit like you didn't I don't know. You know, it was also like pre. It makes sense. It's a small it town. Pre social media and stuff yeah. too. So that, like, you couldn't be in the hip hop scene unless you were at the shows. 
Right. Right. There. Uh, later on, the forums appeared back when forums were a thing. Right. And there was like the Hip Hop KC forum and the Lawrence Hip Hop forum, um, and like Mac Lethal had Lethalville, and these were big communities of of artists who uh, connected mm-hmm. on a early form of the right. social platform. But all those people met at hip hop shows. Sure. You know, we, we all rolled out to Lawrence for the same shows. If, uh, cause Kansas city wasn't getting anything at the time. So it, it, Granada was pretty big. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There were, there were a couple spots. There's some smaller places out there too. There's some smaller places right yeah. around the Granada that had good shows. Uh huh. Yeah. I forgot the names of them, but uh, there's like a small. bottleneck. Is it bottleneck, bottleneck right there? I haven't, been, I haven't been in Lawrence in a minute, but yeah. I, I saw amazing shows in Lawrence. You know, I saw, um, I see KRS in Lawrence. I oh, saw nice. I saw hieroglyphics in Lawrence. I saw you know, Talib, and most separate shows in Lawrence. I saw you know, Das Facts in Lawrence. I saw, um, I mean, really, I shouldn't go down that road because it's just like mm-hmm. so, so, so many artists that you just you weren't going to get to see them in Kansas City because right. they weren't coming here right. because there weren't the venues. And, it, there well, and the college kids know who they are more than just yes. the city does. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, if there's not, you know, if big, if good venues aren't going to open up to you in the city, then, um, I mean, I, w- I imagine if I toured, it'd probably be really focused on college towns because that... For sure, yeah. That's the market, man. Yeah. You know? um, they... Uh, they can start to drink and do stupid shit and, and act rowdy and uh, they'll they'll bump the hell out of your music and, and make it sound make it seem cool. But yeah. um Yeah, but you know, they're 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 digesting they're digesting it, they're open to it. Mm-hmm. Um you get a little bit older, you know, I'm I'm open to music, new music. And I, I think that you start going through like phases like there was a time when every I I think that I had been so into you know all the CD collection that I had all the all the DJ mixes everything that I had it was like felt like I had already heard all the best of everything that was going <laughs> to like happen and then um kind of went on hiatus and then eventually it was like okay there's this thing called Spotify and you know it's supposedly not great for artists but <sighs> there's all so this nice. stuff on there it's so nice and uh Dude, yeah, I've discovered some amazing. You can find everything on there that you would never find mm-hmm. flipping through anybody's binder of CDs. Yeah, and as an artist, uh, it's like, dude, if you can, if you can resonate, mm-hmm. and if you can get people to just feel what you're doing, then the sky is truly the limit. Right. And you know, I'm. There's a lot more to it, obviously, but. Uh, I got a warm, tingly feeling like the the first time I opened One Man Posse on Spotify, I was like, "Oh, it's yeah!" There. And it's you know, it's a double edged sword because then it's like, uh, "This isn't my track anymore." Now it's now it's the world's mm-hmm. track. But then that just that revved me up, cool, uh, really hard. Um, feels good, feels good. Get I stuff bet. out there and then get response. You know, so the the part of like laying low and just making music for years, you don't get a lot back from it. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. so uh, I I working towards like we were talking about working towards like that goal or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I've been working towards it in a very focused way, but a very, like, one, it was a one-way kind of uh, movement of energy because I wasn't getting anything back except for from, you know, my closest friends and people that I would share stuff to and they'd be like, dude, I like that. I like okay. that, you know, and yeah. they're like, but then you're a friend. They're your friends. Yeah, they have to exactly. Say that anyways. Exactly. I hate it. Yeah. It's so, yeah, it's, it's nice getting compliments and stuff from friends, but there's always that thing in the back of you. Like you have to say that you're my friend or like, do I really, of course you're saying that. See, so my, but my friends, we will say, Hey, this shit sucks. Fix it. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're not there to kiss my ass. Right. You know, if, if they like it, it's because they like it. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, one of my best friends, uh, Joker 70, who's producing some <clears throat> albums for me and Lou Rip right now. We're a group called Mokes. Um, and Joker 70 was the producer on, uh, Mokes, M-O-K-S. M-O-K-S, Missouri, yeah. Kansas. Ah, uh, you got it. Yeah. I mean, there, <laughs> there's more to it, but, um, that, that's, yeah. Yeah. We're just like, dude, that, that sounds good. It's simple. It's strong. It's mm-hmm. good. Um, Urban Dictionary says Mokes. Uh, a Moke is a man with a giant phallus. You know? <laughs> so we're like, cool. We're good with it. Dope. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. But so Joker Seventy, you know, did did all the beats on uh, this and basically was. How old is that album Crossroads. there? 2010. Okay. It was when we put that out. Man, I like it. Um, and uh, during that process of Joker and I making that, like there, there was plenty of, yeah, I don't like that. You know, mm-hmm. pl- plenty of, oh, cool. Of, uh, butting heads creatively and oh, then, yeah. you know, working mm-hmm. through our friendship to find what was the right solution for what we were working on yeah. and, and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know why anyone would want to have just like yes men around them or whatever. Cause I don't know. T- to me, it's like, it's hard to grow that way. Exactly. At least I would think so. To me, there's me and right. there's my art. Mm-hmm. And I try and keep the two uh, separate mm-hmm. in my sense of self because I feel like that way I stay responsible. I stay kind of healthy-minded about how I approach things. And I'm not feeling like I can go and act crazy because of the buzz that maybe my art has gotten because it's its own it's its own thing right my goal is to get it recognition and get it in front of people's eyes and get their response yeah to it and i mean ultimately i you know i i like giving my vision the things inside of me i like giving it to yeah to whoever wants to see it or hear it or, mm-hmm. or whatever like for me it's it's really more about communication mm-hmm. than it is about um about like elevating myself or something. I know what right? you mean. Yeah, it's it's about. Um, I think you'll like this. Just putting you'll enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's putting parts of yourself that yeah. at times are very dear to yourself, right? Or, or at times are just like the surface parts of yourself. But it's it's trying to package it or find a groove with it that that other people can see it and take it in, and then they identify with you. And you have then a connection, right? Yeah. So you just connect wider, like throughout the world. That to me is way more important than people in uh, than like the Middle East or, and or France are loving your stuff. 
I'm sorry. I hear they got a lot to say about it. Hey, on that on that note, I'm gonna pee real quick. Is that cool? I mean, I always do that. We can even just stop real quick. Back from my uh, potty break. Yeah. You. uh, So, how involved are you in the local scene these days? Like, since you've been kind of taking a break for a little bit, you said, right? Yeah, I had been taking a break. Um, so, n- not terribly. I mean, I'm still cool with a lot of the people uh, involved in it. And, you know, my intention is to get back into it. Yeah. Uh, f- I used to have, you know, plugs on shows and stuff. Right now, I need to get shows. You know, I need to get I need to get good shows. I need to get a uh, good line. I was like, before I stopped. Oh, I was, you're, looking at, you're looking to go out and perform? Yeah, lo- okay. locally or like close regionally. I I'm pretty much I'm available, you know. Oh, cool! If you got you got a lineup, you want to MC for it, you know. I'm probably down as really? long as it works out with my schedule because yeah, um, like home life and work are my priority. Absolutely. And this just kind of fills every other uh gap that I can you know mm-hmm. possibly find um in in the time in between, but uh. Yeah, man, I I want shows. I I love performing. You know, yeah, with I bet. with my visual arts, uh, for me doing murals mm-hmm. is kind of like that. I don't want to say it's like the epitome of what I like doing, but it kind of is. Like if you're in the public doing art, then it feels like you're living. Like you're living in something bigger than yourself and doing shows is the the same way like uh getting the response from the crowd the crowd being the thing that has you both nervous and excited to get up and present what you do and also to you know make sure that you're on point that uh you know you haven't had too many drinks while you're waiting for your set to come up oh for sure maybe you said no to going out to the car and like you know, smoking an L with some right. people right, right. Uh, right before because that's not what you're there for. You you're know, there to you, perform you can do that stuff any on, day. Right. Yeah, I, and I love it. I, I love that, man. I, I love um, killing a mic. It feels so good. I bet it, it does. It feels so good. I uh, bet. I bet, man. It makes you want to just do it again and again. And, man, the thing about rhyming um, is like – if you can say something and you can make it rhyme, it becomes, becomes powerful. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like trying to find one of the hardest things, like starting out as an MC, sort of like dial it back to when I was first starting. And like you were talking about, you know, do Wu-Tang have an influence? Yeah. So yeah. Okay. You're like, Oh, I love Wu-Tang. I want to rap. Yeah. Uh, what do you rap about? You probably start writing raps that sound like you're part of Wu Tang, but they're <laughs> not nearly as good, and they probably sound really silly. Right. Um, you know, but you just you start where you're at, and then like you're freestyling, and you know maybe because everything that you hear mm-hmm. is rapping about like you know bitches and drugs and violence and stuff, then right. that's just kind of that's the reservoir you have to draw from and you find yourself saying things that aren't really you. Mm -hmm. And and I had a huge conflict with that when I was uh, starting out because, um, you know, it's, it's hard to own something that's not you unless that's, 
you're the type of yeah. person who does that and I'm not. Right. Um, so like then self-discovery becomes the engine for figuring out what that is. And then, um, and then, uh, discovering things about yourself, the world, or just like what, you know, you're into and then figuring out how to convey that, right. Uh, becomes, becomes like a, it's like a puzzle okay. kind of. So, I mean, it, it becomes startling when you're trying to like really convey an idea. Um, how through music some even? Yeah, yeah how how some words <clears throat> just end up rhyming and it's like holy shit i just you know like i have some verses that it's all one idea mm-hmm. one story whatever that cohesively conveys a concept from start to finish um i was telling you earlier like i think i've always been a better writer than uh, rapper uh-huh. because um, I don't really have I don't think I had a great delivery starting out I don't really know my voice right and so writing was just what I felt confident in and what I still feel confident in but I just geeked out on yeah and uh, and so for me it's like a lot of getting into the multi uh syllable rhymes and then running those on for a long time and then almost always having a secondary rhyme scheme that sits within uh the, okay, the major gotcha. rhyme scheme. yeah yeah i got gotcha. you you know um like i've i've got this uh verse that i did for uh joker 70 and uh my homie clay hughes they did a project called the weather machine and there was a track that i was on with irv the phenom um, and I just, I just love this song and it's called got a soul. Um, and the verse that, that I wrote is I got a soul. The devil wants to take and it's going to get, if I don't hear precisely what's at stake, cold blooded snake trying to suffocate my love with hate and draw me down to lock me in behind his dungeon's gate. No one escapes from the fate. Maybe it's running later just to wait in some mistake that would have come to make in the future. Later or sooner, who are we to complain? When the souls that we sold are gone for good and greed is to blame. It's a corrupt disease of the brain. This need to attain a certain status and achieve some acclaim. Conquer kings to kingdoms to reign over at the cost of legion of slain soldiers. The corpses fuel feeding the flame and a uh, furnace of a hell fire propelled higher riding on the wings of a plane inside a hydrogen bomb see there's a line that's been drawn between what's right and what's wrong and be damned if i could tell which side that i'm on you know so you right hear yeah. in between i see like in between whole, rhyme words yeah. there's like you know i I get into other yeah. rhyme schemes but then to do that and maintain like a cohesive mm-hmm. uh train of thought is a really fun puzzle for me I can see and that. is yeah. extremely powerful when you deliver that to people and you know, and you don't fumble on on the lyrics at all, or whatever, but, <laughs> but you get the opportunity to yeah. really put the emphasis on on those rhyme words. And mm-hmm. there's a power in rhymes, man. There's a power in rhymes that you can like send chills up someone's spine if you do it right. It's yeah. Uh, you know, I was married at it for a time, and mm-hmm. my wife wasn't really big into hip hop. And I'm a yeah. hip-hop head, OG hip-hop head. Yeah. And uh, one day she was like, why do you like hip-hop so much? Why do you like rap? What is it? You're, you're like, why do you like it so much? And I was just, I don't, I was like, I didn't know how to like convey it. And then I was driving into work and a stupid song came on. Just I, I, I don't remember what it was like, 
And then some lyrics hit me. And I was like, poetry. I go, since since for just millennia, I mean forever, human beings connect with poetry. Yeah. It's gone so far back. I mean, even before yeah. Shakespeare, like poetry is huge with, with people. Pre pre written word, pre yeah. press. Like mm-hmm. yeah. That. And so that this is like modern day poetry. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. And that's and, mm-hmm. and that's and, and so I told her that when it hit me, I called her up and it was like, you know, six thirty in the morning. I was like, I know what it is. This is the real answer. It's, and mm-hmm. then you kind of broke it down. I was like, it's just the poetry. It's just like I love the poetry of hip hop. It's just a beautiful yeah. thing. It really is. Yeah, I mean, you, you get some good like I love it. bass and you get some good bass with some awesome poetry and it just comes together. Mm-hmm. Man, what's not to love? Um, I did a year at Colorado State before I uh transferred or transitioned to uh, the Kansas City Art Institute. And, I mean, there there are numerous reasons that uh, state school was not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, although Fort Collins is a really cool town. Um, but, oh, shit, what was it? It's my first brain fart of the show. Nice. Um, let's take a drink for that. Go ahead. And, and then, uh, what were we saying? That I'll connect my Poetry? Poetry. Oh yeah. Poetry yeah. and hip hop and how much uh Yeah, so like when I was in um uh like when I was in high school and stuff, I was always in like the gifted and talented and like mm-hmm. curricula uh, creative enrichment program mm-hmm. kind of track of things, right? And I think pretty much because I was a visual artist, because mm-hmm. uh, I didn't perform great in my other academic studies. Um but I always had a well above average interest in visual arts. Um, my interest, I think often superseding my actual skill level, but you know, <laughs> one, one begat the other. Yeah. And, um, so somehow, and I forget exactly how, but that got me into a, a class at, at Colorado state that, uh, it was like kind of a magnet class of like all these other kids that had been in like gifted and talented programs and right. stuff. And boy, a more, more like pompous group of people you couldn't yeah you couldn't like put together and i did a a paper i did a paper on um hip-hop and the message of like my favorite hip-hop artists and really focusing on how they broke down the world how they explained um some of the overarching dynamics of the world mm-hmm. and no one was buying it in that class. Yeah. And I mean, cause hip hop, man, it's amazing where it's at now. It was and a like completely different world back in the nineties. Dude, people, people thought it was a joke. If you weren't into hip hop, right. if hip hop wasn't your world, then there was a, there was a big divide between the with people white that were people, into especially yeah. in the white, white, like white suburbia. It was, you know, the big joke was, Oh, you know, the only thing missing from rap is the letter C in the front of it. <laughs> I, I don't remember that, but that sounds yeah. like some, I'm sure I knew someone that would have said that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but you know, also what most people were exposed to, um, you, some of it was, you know, stands the test of time. Some, some of it was good, but I think even like, you know, you get into like NWA and stuff and, and a lot of, 
man, if you're from the burbs, you don't know where that's coming from. Oh, so no, e- either yeah. either you hear Cop something killer? like that, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of aggressive, and and you're like, oh man, there's something just raw here, and I'm attracted mm-hmm. to it. Or you hear it, and you're like, why do they have to be so angry? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, a lot a lot of people, if if it's not your world, it you know, it takes mm-hmm. you have to take a step, yeah, outside of yourself. In any case, to understand where someone else is coming from, and that that's never been like the strong suit of um, of white America, uh, mm-hmm. or yeah, I, I think that's a safe statement. I, I was I'd say I was so. gonna say like no, maybe for right. like a time, but but then uh, even I think pretty much it's getting better. It's getting better with in, I, with the internet. I hope so. Man. With the internet, it's gotten I, better. Look how big hip hop is now. Yeah, but it's also just. You know, like you look back at what, you know, like the rock and stuff and like the alternative rock that at the time was not accepted by uh, like the broader base or like Mm -hmm. mainstream America. And then that stuff became just what everyone knew. Mm -hmm. And then once everyone knows it, then it kind of like seeps slowly into um, the conscious and, and like hip hop has done that too. People have right. just heard it for so long. Um, and well, that, so, so that, and, and that's you know what? Good. I think people I think, open up to it. I think cause more white people do it too. Yeah. I mean, that kind of helps with the uh, white America. If uh, they see more white people no, doing a- it. You Eminem know? did an amazing right amount of, uh, work in making that happen and and as someone who was actively rapping mm-hmm. when Eminem came on the scene you know it is like one of my least favorite um associations for I bet anyone to make when they find out that are oh like Eminem and right that, that happens a lot less these days um uh a lot because I look like Macklemore and uh he's <laughs> been popular I never would have guessed that uh if I wouldn't have thought Macklemore if uh, no, we're, <laughs> if you see the right pictures, no, I don't not see it. I can understand why people would say that. I just wouldn't have come up with we're it. We're kind of doppelgangerish. Yeah, it was like back before he was even known. Uh, my homegirl was Jackie was like sending me a video of his and being like, "This is you." That's funny. I get stiffler. <laughs> yeah, all the fucking time. Yeah, all the time. For, for since stiffler was stiffler, I've been stiffler. Yeah. Well, yep. you know, people they want to they want to understand things. They yeah. want to make associations. Yeah, I get it. I'm not mad at it. I'm sure. Yeah, we do it. We all do it. Yeah. Um, I I actively you know try not to. I I try and keep myself out of uh you know being presumptuous or right or whatever. But that is that's an active thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you know just. And just wake up and be like, oh, well, I'm not presumptuous of anybody. <laughs> you know, you right. kind of have to <clears throat> becomes that way. At least for me, it was kind of actively um, making the choice to get past my presumptions about people. And I know it still it still happens. Like I still find myself um, having thoughts about someone that I see. It's human nature. Looks a, a certain right. way or whatever. Mm-hmm. And witnessing the thought come into my head uh-huh. that I'm, I'm like. Why am Why I doing that? Why? Yeah. How many times have I been proven Ugh. wrong? How many times have I been proving wrong about judging a book from its cover? And yet here I am still doing it. Why? Stop, brain. Stop doing that. I have that argument with myself all the, the time. The brain seeks patterns, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
I think that's what it is. It's like, oh, this is like this. Right. That's, uh, I think a big part of why, you know, humanity is so successful as a species is because we're really good at connecting patterns. And a lot of patterns, um, you know, pay off to connect because if, you know, if you're just trying to survive or thrive and you find that a set or series of, um, you know, choices, ambitions, um, you know, uh, goals or whatever mm-hmm. move you in a particular direction, then you're going to utilize those right. to their fullest and, uh, you know, you know, keep going that way. And, and like, I think that that was employed a lot through, you know, the advent of agriculture and, um, uh, you know, I'm sure just like is so, well, they, they it, so you. interwoven of into yeah. the absolute basic, uh, like fundaments of us, um, is our desire to seek patterns to see things yeah. and try and identify what's the similar thing to that right and how to categorize it and, and a lot of that probably you know stems from kind of our, our like fear identifiers or or whatever too ones and zeros across the board binary you how know, binary is our brain you know why it's because uh, it's a simulation theory or a simulation that, that started theory. when the Matrix came out. I think it's way before that, but they just explained it in a yeah. beautiful way. Yeah, I mean, when they did it, all the stoners that went to see that were like, "Dude, that's like the world." <laughs> yeah. Did you know Neo means one? <laughs> Whoa! I didn't even put that together, dude. You take the N and the E on the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, and uh, anyone who had read any you know Ram Dass or the yeah. Dao Ching or something you know knew that you know people have been saying that enlightened people have been uh you know saying this for a long time um but it is I don't know you know I get I get tied up in things like like the okay for instance the term woke oh, right no okay I, let's go my I hate it okay. because because I do to too. me I do too uh I I don't know. You know, I I was really in. I've been into spirituality for a long time, um, and there was the uh, part of my life where it was a new thing to me, and I just dove in, and I I was like, oh, is it philosophy or is it like a Buddhist book or you know, um, you know, is it the Book of Five Rings? Is it Way of the Bodhisattva? Is it Be Here Now or or whatever? It's just like soak that in and it all just kind of speaks to awakening you mm-hmm. know um the uh, evolution of of mind and um enlightenment mm-hmm. and then to hear a version of that be utilized as just like a trendy thing <laughs> yeah. part of my brain is like okay well if say enlightenment starts spreading through our society, people are going to, as we were saying, recognize, like try and try and assimilate it into the way they see their world, which, sure. you know, most people see things as like trends or the thing to get excited about or whatever. So especially with social you know, media then, and the internet, then let's give it like a clever name. It's not, What's it's trending not awakening. Today on Twitter? What's trending today? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's call it woke. Right. And uh-huh. I'm, I don't know who coined it. I'm sure it was probably even used in good taste by the person who 
sort of first Black said, Lives I'm Matter, woke. probably. Um, I, I would bet it was an artist. I would bet it was like a, a poet or a rapper or something. But uh, yeah. it might be interesting. Or if, a feminist. If any, li- if any listeners to this uh, podcast know the answer and want to chime in, then that'd be, that'd be very interesting to know the origin of the use of the term woke. woke. But like the predominant part of myself is like, why are you going to trivialize something, trivialize something that is actually very important to myself? I mean, I guess like it'd be like for a Christian if you came up with just like a clever hip hop version of a name for Jesus or whatever. I, I don't know what that would be or for you know, the Holy Trinity or something. They like to use Yahweh. That's a cool one they like to use when they're trying to be cool. But that, but that's ancient. That's not like, that's not... F- like a slang version or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the okay. the, the woke version of, you know, yeah. awakening, the gotcha. woke version of, like anything that's, that... Homeboy Jesus. Somebody Jesus. Re- what was that movie? Dogma. Home, Je- buddy oh, Jesus. So buddy good. Jesus. Dog one was so good. Yeah, Buddy Man. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> they killed it with with that movie. That yeah. was really good. Yeah, I, how I don't know. You know, it's it's very personal to you. The idea of you know seeking seeking awakening, and right. then it becomes just like everyone's woke. Who's not woke? If you're because you know if you're mm-hmm. if you're cool, you're woke, right? How many of those people have like? a mature sense of what that is supposed to mean even. Yeah. And it's a tricky one. Yeah. But then who am I to judge? You know, it's a tricky so, one. It's one of those words right now. that's just getting thrown around with, it, uh, yeah, with a lot of different meaning that's hidden behind it. People know why they're using that word this day and age when they're using it. Yeah. But you know, if it was between that or yellow, I'd probably rather woke. Okay. I don't know, cause I don't. I don't know that we only live once. I don't know. Yeah, it's I kinda, don't kinda think a, we do. Kind of a bold assertion for anyone in this world to make, because uh, that we live once. How do you? Yeah. How do you know? Nobody knows. No. Pe- I mean, I think people. people Nobody think knows. It, yeah. I. I don't know. People with like near death experiences, you think? I don't. Maybe th- they I have still don't think. I think too much is going on with the brain. I think yeah. you're getting DMT released in your brain, and you're starting to. If you've ever done DMT or read about it or anything, what I that d- what that does to you, or if you've read about it or checked into it, what that does to you. They say that you know the third eye, is the the your pineal gland. The pine- pineal gland mm-hmm. is releasing DMT as you die. Mm-hmm. And so, if that's happening when you're having a near death experience, that might be giving you that near-death experience that you're experiencing and my, it might be my, completely something different because that's something you can still experience that, that might be the con i don't know that's just that's just an argument yeah. for it i who am i i'm a, I'm a mailman with a podcast are you a mailman <laughs> i didn't know yes i am i i got mad respect for male people yeah that's when you came in my, today you're like main... man i hate the winter this winter is suck i'm like yeah oh, you're like <laughs> i'm like yeah it does kind of suck huh yeah Sure, it sucks. Ha, yeah, Imagine got, what I'm... <laughs> haven't got to wear the shorts for months. Yeah. Do, do you rock the shorts in summer? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, would, I would. I wear... See, I'm a what they call a rural carrier, so I can... I work out in the country. Supposedly, I really don't. It's in the suburbs. Okay. But I don't have to wear a uniform. Th- there's a lot of... In Kansas City, it probably... You know, you... Mm-hmm. The crossover is not so distinct. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I have suburban areas around my house that you can. You might have you a can rural just be carrier. driving, and then like, there's a giant horse farm. Yeah, next exactly. to a subdivision. It's yep. you know, it's it's all uh, it's all mixed together. It's all right yeah. Yeah, so I wear whatever I want to work. And in summertime, it is. It's just shorts and a, a V-neck white tee. People make fun of me at work. There's, there's Ryan in his white tee again. But so t- tell it's me, 90 degrees. It's a white T-shirt. It's t- a V-neck. Tell me the truth. Have you ever been propositioned by a housewife? Man, I wish. I fucking wish, man. I even give him a little wink and a nudge. Like, hey, what's up, girl? You, like you bring up, the girl? package up to the door. You, you knock it. They open. I open ring the twice. Like, Mailman always rings twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why doesn't it just happen? What the thing, man? That- you know, here's the silly thing. Eh, maybe this is just whatever. Uh, so you know, I'm out there dating around, mm-hmm. single guy. And uh, you know, when I talk to some of these chicks, like, oh boy, I wish my mailman looked like you. Well, you'd be the hottest mailman ever. I wish my mailman looked like you. I get that a lot from chicks that I'm talking to. Yeah. Well, then how come these chicks are never on my route coming out to me going, you're a hot mailman? Probably because you do the rural route. But no, I'm in suburbs. I'm in like the the wives that are at home all day. Like I'm in cookie cutter neighborhoods. Yeah. Lots of like lots of them. Well, probably because Joan from across the street is watching and <laughs> mm. and, uh, you know, it's not. I don't know. You know, maybe maybe she's got her uh, her yoga video going on inside, and she, you know, she's got her other things. I've maybe never had anything RC. real. I mean, I've had different accidental things, but I've never had. No one's ever purposely tried to, uh, you know, proposition or. But that's probably good because not good. The well, I mean, if it disrupted your mail route, they're like, uh, <laughs> "How come you were an hour off when you're?" They don't care about that. They don't. No. There's no. There's no like quota. Or they're not. No, not for me. If I make. As long as I make the truck that picks up the mail to go back downtown, they don't care. Really? In fact, in wow. fact, we had a couple uh, substitutes. Uh, they they fucked in the back of a mail truck. All right. She was a hot little stripper. Uh huh. That was wanting a part time job, and he was. Uh, so she became a, a mail lady. A mail lady. And he was a mailman. And he was. Uh, yeah, they were part timers, and uh, yeah, they met out on the route and uh, got one of those mail trucks. Moving in a groove and back and forth. Eater, eater, eater. Well, I mean, why wouldn't? And she had just gotten married beforehand. Oh, the post office has all kinds uh, of good drama, as any office tends to have. So that's like the service industry. I used to. Like, oh, I, I was in the I was in the service industry. God, that's just everyone's like, pregnant. Everyone's sleeping with each other. The the sleeping with each other. Yes, mm-hmm. like um, that. That's just a crazy environment, man. I think. Uh, you know, everyone's like making good enough money that you can uh, can afford your vices. Yep. But that's why you're working most of the time. <laughs> you know, likely if you're working. Well, I don't want to say likely. It's possible if you're working in, in that industry, you're not pursuing, um, you know, more uh, uh, long goal pursuits. Some are. Some I are. Was one, I was one of those. Stop. Yeah. And. Boy, it was a day of celebration when I when I sprung myself out of that. I that, never want to serve tables ever again. No, I, dude, I had stress dreams about waiting tables yes. for years. We might have talked about this last time. No, it's I don't not think something so. that I would hesitate to bring up, but um, I think they've totally stopped. But it was it was years after because yeah. I did I did fine dining too, um, and so there's a real emphasis <clears throat> on the happiness of the client and like mm-hmm. the steps of service. 
and trying to upsell. And so it's a lot about your personality and, and what you know about the menu and what you know about the wine list and, um, and really curating, uh, a thorough dining experience, whether it's just a group of business people who really don't give a shit about you or, right. um, they're going to forget a, about a lot you of times anyway. for me, it was like a, a group of like slightly older ladies who mm-hmm. thought that I was adorable and wanted to them. know yeah. everything about me. <laughs> um, you know, so you're, you're that amenable person who, when you're doing it has to invest every part of yourself into what you're doing to sell yourself and sell the restaurant and sell the food mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And I think there is, um, in no way do I mean to diminish like the real PTSD that, that like, uh, soldiers and police officers and people in truly traumatic, uh, situations experience. But I do believe that there's like a way more like Fisher price version of like PTSD that you get as, as a server where it, it just sticks with you. Cause there are times where you feel like dude, high just, stress, high yeah. stress. Yeah. You just have your head down. You're like trying to remember everything that needs to go everywhere. And this person needs it's fight or flight. And oh there's no, God, flight this person needs because, a lemon. Yeah. This person, this table know. needs a lemon. This chick yeah. over here, this other table needs some sugar. And this little mm-hmm. kid over here just asked for ketchup. Yeah, that person has... And their food's a, up over here. A gluten allergy that they probably don't even have. Right. Um, y- yeah, I mean, so like... I just got double sat. For, <laughs> oh, God. Or like triple sat. Triple sat, sat or, oh and with a, with a nine top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So like for years, it would be like a dream where... I wasn't even waiting table. I was like, I was in a cafe or something and, uh, someone would be like, we need someone to help us wait these tables. And then (laughs) all of a sudden, like I'm supposed to be taking the order of this table here and then other people would come in and then I'm trying to get another order. But then like, I know that I'm supposed to get the drinks for the table that I just greeted, but then these people have questions about the menu (laughs) and then there's another table. And then eventually there were dreams where it's like, I'm running across a field to get to another restaurant that has another table that I'm supposed to greet. And I know it's going to take me like 20 minutes right. to get back to the restaurant that I'm running across. <laughs> you know how dreams are. It's like this, right, this right. field is like miles long. Yeah. Why, why the fuck I'm running across a field <laughs> to go to a restaurant <laughs> right. to greet a table. Right. Right. I mean, really what's the pace structure like here? Right. Someone's going to swipe my tip before I get back yeah. to the other restaurant. Exactly. Um, I, I never signed W2s, <laughs> so I'm not getting paid for any of this. Mm-hmm. What you know, There's no rational reason for the stress, but it's just like, uh, man, that stuff lives with you for uh, for a long time. It's, it, it's funny because I think school does that too, at least it for me, like high school. Even yeah. Like, even after, like, you'll, you'll have dreams of like, I think I have a big test coming up. For me, like, it was- After high school, you still have these dreams. It was like first- first day or like even after first day mm-hmm. and I didn't know my schedule or oh yeah uh, what what room to go to I just had yeah. one of those recently I just had one of those recently where I was going to a school and I don't think I was a student there but I had to find some yeah holy cow that's weird why did I have that dream yeah that's weird because it, it's part of you it yeah. it carries on through you and, oh, and there, there's a part of your brain that's holding on to that and I don't know, maybe reliving it through dreams is the part of like that recapitulation is uh, also maybe shedding it because eventually you stop having it. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe that's just a, a on to other freaky dreams. 
coping mechanism. Yeah, but those freaky dreams are probably a lot better than the, the stress dreams. Maybe. I have some nightmares. I like a good nightmare, though. I like nightmares. I'm weird like that. I like waking up being freaked out. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What What would be your version of, like, a really freaky nightmare? Uh, Like, kind of like, I've had some, like, just, I don't want to say demonic type ones, but you get, like, that weird, like, scary movie, horror movie type shit. Like, where you're going in the depths of hell. Whoa. And there's like crazy babies that are super giant with fire. Oh God, <laughs> dude, that's not normal. Uh, you know, amongst certain groups of people, I bet it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm just a normal dude. I've had some nutty fucking dreams. I'll wake you up. Well, like, I've had some some nutty fucking dreams and like <clears throat> knuckle clenchers and. Stuff that made me think like, oh man, I must have killed someone in a past life because <laughs> how did I know what it was would feel like to like murder someone with my own hands? Because that's just what happened in, you know, in that dream or whatever. Um, but I've never had like demonic baby monsters. So that's your, uh, not on your imagination, your, your creativity. Not mine. I didn't create it. <laughs> it was put into me. I didn't do it. Wow. <laughs> that's wild. Look, dude. that's just one that happened that has come to mind. But I've had some other ones. Dude, that, uh, that's fodder. Write that stuff down and you never know. Maybe that, I've becomes, had a, maybe that becomes a comic book or a or a you know, a story later on or whatever. That one that's one that stuck with me for a long time. Maybe you wind up getting a giant demonic uh baby monster <laughs> as like your logo. I don't know. You know, maybe nah, a, my logo's fine. I like no, my logo. Yeah. I'm not switching that. Well it'd be it'd be like if you had you know, if you came out the cookie line or something. Yeah. <laughs> I am looking for a new intro song for people out there. If you guys want to make me a new intro song, send it at me. I, I am taking I, all. I bet I know uh, producers who, one of which, you know, would maybe jump at the really? chance. Or, you know, lumber slowly in, into the chance, but probably, probably do that for you. That would be, uh, yeah, send it out there. Send the vibes out there. Yeah, I... I would love it. You know, as I naturally do, I was, uh, I think it was the first time I was on, I was trying to think like what rhymes with meander talk and, um, and something about hand and rock meander talk. Mm. Like I, I Ooh, was seeing, I like, like that. Kind that, of that make, like yeah. 2001, like, like monkey grabbing the bone yeah. crushing kind of thing. Well, um, my next thing, what I want to do is, uh, I want to make uh, a caveman ax. I want to get a piece of wood. Mm -hmm. Split it down the middle a little bit Put a triangular rock in there mm -hmm. In the middle Wedge it in there Get some leather Twine. And wrap it up sh 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 Make it look cool yeah. And then when I have guests They can have that As a take a picture Holding oh, it Oh yeah And that can be you know, Episode Whatever whatever With so and so And they can be holding that Or something Yeah man It's it's crazy what Just having So yeah hand in rock Having cool. an Instagrammable moment um, You know if you're a restaurant Or a bar or something It's mm -hmm. like it, it's practically required if you want people to, you know, frequent your establishment. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And you know, for for here, yeah, totally. Like if you have a it's just fun place or or scene, maybe like a series of props and the uh, yeah, that's what I want to do. I the, got a Nerf gun. The guests can choose yeah, from. Can, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, a little a little like plastic treasure chest that they can yeah. just like open. Um. Yeah, I could I could totally see that. That being being a thing. 
Do yeah. it. I, I'm going to. Trust me. I do it now. That's on the list. Give what's, me some. What's going to be my thing? What am, What's going to be my Instagram? Uh, uh, we'll take a picture prop. together if that's cool. Hey, that I works. don't have a prop. That I mean, works. I can come up with a prop. I mean, there's plenty of oh, stuff. Hey, there. you know, this is a, this is a fine time. So I did bring um, more stickers. Yeah, have I given you any stickers? I've These stickers? Got, no, I've just have your Pendergast, and I got the Lucid Arts ones. I yeah, still have Mythics I there. love stickers, man. I I just love stickers. Um, all right, yeah. I mean, both both you guys are gonna get stickers, of course. Yeah, um, stickers are awesome. I love yeah, these stickers. You know, maybe I'll I'll leave some that you can hand out to subsequent guests. Yeah, I'd love to. Subsequent's like one of my yeah. Favorite I was hoping words. to get these at that show that you were uh, that I was at for a minute and then left. I'm yeah, I don't I don't know how many of these I actually even nice. handed out at that. Um These are awesome. You know, you uh one man posse. Either no, you're active being yourself or or you're like marketing yourself. Uh, man, I'm really self marketing comes uh it's, oh, it's it's not what I do. It's something I have to I have to uh get better at, learn how to oh, do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it it's way. not it's not uh, first. It's like second. It's not second nature, right? Second nature to be something. Because you're an artist. That's not what you do. Like, no, nah, I, I love right? the creative process. <clears throat> oh, yo. So speaking of creative process. So I also oh, is that the you, shirt you're wearing? I love yeah. that shirt, dude. I hope that. Yeah. Now yeah. you said you're in medium. I brought a large. So these I, these shirts are true to size because I'm out of mediums. I gotta gotta reprint or whatever. Um. So it's gonna wear like a large. You know what I mean? But uh. I mean it, it's it's. It's pretty dope. I love and, it. And how come you made these? I love. I do I love it. It looks a, great on you. I think it's a tri cotton blend. Oh Super gosh, soft. It feels like pajamas. Yeah, it's, like, it's like baby soft. Yeah. Oh, Re- really? Man, nice this is like yes. Sweet, dude. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, I you're really welcome. Thanks for it. Thanks for having me on the show again. Um, dude, I'm pumped that you wanted to be on the show. To be honest, I was pumped that you wanted to be here. So, yeah. Well, I th- one thing I think I did say the last time I was on your on your show or I was at least thinking it is like, um, I mean, I, I need people who have interest in me and helping me get the stuff I do out there and mm-hmm. giving me a platform to, I to do, talk man. about the stuff I do. Dude, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, you know, the, the world needs artists, but the world also needs, uh, people to, to do everything else that, man. you know, needs to happen. And to me, people like you are a very integral part of me actually getting to perpetuate what I do. Nice. Um, which I kind of like what I was saying earlier, like my, like my dream is, uh, like most of my social network are other artists, other musicians, Mm -hmm. other artists. And, um, you know, I probably met them at shows or, or doing, uh, you know, painting or, or whatever, or we just, came together because we have these things in common or, yeah. or whatever. If someone's a photographer, if someone, you know, is a sculptor, um, and you know, creativity is one of those things where, um, you know, I'm not a great sculptor, but I, I was trained in like figure sculpture oh, and cool. I actually did that as, as a job for a little bit. Um, thanks to my, my homie Christian Amen, he put me on a, a job one time. We were carving these Roman Greco statues that are still at Ar- <laughs> Argosy Casino. Oh, cool. Um, and it's like you're just carving a giant knee out of, you know, styrofoam right. or whatever. Um, and you learn that from learning how to, like, draw, you know, draw forms right. or whatever. Um, and all that is to sort of help engineer how you see things. So it's the interpretation of 
the things around you, the things in mm -hmm. front of you. If, you know, if you're learning painting, then you're learning to dissect colors. Cause you, you look at something you're like, Oh, that's red. That's purple. In reality, that's that thing that you're recognizing as purple. If you took a snapshot and then you stamp that color, it's probably not purple. Right. It looks purple because you know, it's purple in context to the lamp, but because the light is a color it is or because sure. shadows are the way they are or, or whatever. Yeah. It's probably not actually the color that you're, oh, you're yeah, perceiving. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of like learning to paint, learning to draw is learning to disassociate yourself from the, from what you think, you know, about what you're looking at and learning to evaluate that thing objectively. Okay. Um, so like one exercise, if you know, if you're, this is like <clears throat> kind of one-on-one or whatever, but if you're, you know, if you're copying a picture, turn it upside down. And That's why I, I learned you know, that way. Yeah, 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 exactly. And the first thing that you learn is, um, wow, like this, this yeah. is a totally different process uh -huh. than when you're looking at the image of a car and you're like, oh, well, yeah, that's a car. And here I'm going to draw like a car. This, and like that, but yeah, when you're upside yeah, down. You turn upside down yeah. and, and then your brain is, um, it's a dose disassociated from that's a car to, oh, well, that line is about this far away in relation mm -hmm. to this other line. And tonally, it's kind of grade, gradating from, that's funny. Um, you know, kind of a near white to kind of like a mid gray tone. And then you, you know, you, yeah. You pull that through to life and uh, it kind of ties back to what we were talking about earlier, just like um, removing the preconceived notions about people and about things from right. yourself as you perceive the world. And then yeah. you see it in a more true <clears throat> way and you really become a more beneficial member of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I th think, uh, I think that, it's a really human thing to see society and feel like, oh, well, that's the world. Yeah. Um, and that's the world that I exist in. Now, there's, of course, the bigger world because I watch nature shows and stuff. <laughs> um, but I exist in society. And yes, we do. But that doesn't have to be our framework. And when you uh, extricate, would that be a good word for this, uh, yourself from the constraints of seeing yourself as your role within society to the role of yourself within the world and your interactions with every person. And when you run into somebody that doesn't fit like your societal idea of like, you know, you run into uh, a homeless person, you're mm -hmm. like, well, they don't have a job, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so I am not going to engage with them as a person because they don't belong in my sphere or whatever. Right. right. Um, if you step out of that and then you see that this person is a person um and maybe you don't feel like giving them money maybe you don't have money i mean who carries cash these days <laughs> um, no kidding but uh actually i have an idea that i've been i've been toying with and i just don't know if it's if it's a good idea i kind of want i hadn't i had an idea that like um man, should i say this i mean if you know what, this is the kind of idea. If someone like bites this and goes and does it, it's it's not really gonna hurt me or uh -huh. whatever because it's not a money maker idea. It's like a how to sort of contribute, but I the question is I don't know that it's contributing. But the idea is like as an artist, um, to maybe cut like a a really well crafted like stencil and then cut like pieces of cardboard and basically produce pieces of art uh -huh. that then you go around and 
hand out to uh, panhandlers and it's like uh, sell this to the highest bidder. So like the idea is it becomes a piece of art that they could possibly sell for five, 10, 15, 20 bucks or mm-hmm. something. If someone is driving by and happens <clears throat> to see it and is like, Oh wow, that's a really dope piece of art. Okay. Um, and you would cut a stencil or something. So you could like mass produce them, which, you know, is also why they're not going in a gallery. You wouldn't see them for, um, you know, for costing more money than that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's a beautiful story behind it. Right. And if you generated, like if I, as the artist who is propagating my art and, you know, enjoying the, the idea that people see the artist as the coveted figure when it really is the art, Mm -hmm. then if I were to be a known enough artist or get like an amount of publicity for doing something like that, where people would then want to go and seek out those pieces of art and then pay the money for them. And I'm not getting anything for them except for this satisfaction of knowing that I did that. And of course, like whatever publicity, uh, like came from it may or may not happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, you're not, you can't go into a harebrained idea like that, like really expecting. Right. That's a cool idea. Uh, I like that idea. Yeah. But then, you know, then the devil's advocate is like, is that really helping anyone? You know, like get them a little bit of money and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, is it up to the homeless person to sell it for as much as they want? Yeah, or, or right, right. to, like to recognize you're just gonna give it to them, you know, like, to recognize the value in it. And, and yeah. what I recognize, what I see, uh, I find value in, um, like I drive by. You could do it at least. A, try it. Why not just try it? Well, why not make a few make like stencil it's, it's, or something? It's, it's not that I'm reluctant to try it. It's yeah. like one of the many ideas queued into the. Yeah. Um. Uh the bottlenecked I gotcha. uh, machine that I got you. I know exactly where you're going is, is me. Not enough hours in the day to do Hell all so many ideas. No. Not enough hours in the day. Trust no. me. I know. I mean, even if I stopped having fun and I just like tried to funnel through everything that I thought was a good idea, I wouldn't be able to actually, yeah, it would it'd be a fool's errand, mm-hmm. you know, and life has to be a balance, you know, at, at the point sure. where, where like tonight, mm-hmm. Tuesday nights are like, you know, I'm sure this doesn't come out on a Tuesday night, but we're we're recording it on a Tuesday night because I reserve that for doing like music stuff and doing, um, you know, promo stuff or or just whatever. Having right uh, a night that is hopefully like the least affecting to my home life, where right. I can, you know, also a night that like I'm not going to go out. The goal on a Tuesday night is not to like go out, hit the town, while out, and right and whatever. So it's like finding, um that night that hopefully doesn't impact my family too much to not have me there. And I can uh, accomplish, um, you know, make progress on yeah. something or whatever. So, you know, find car, carve out those, those opportunities. But then, you know, if like two things in a week, take me away from my family, then I, I feel like that is sort of hitting a threshold where if if it's like a special week um, where there's something big coming up, you know, like fine. If, if I'm putting a little bit of extra stress on my family for a limited period of time, understandable to to try and bring something across the Mm -hmm. finish line. 
but just on like the general day to day. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like my greatest interest in is, um, you know, sort of the uh, dad, husband first, uh, employee second because I need money. <laughs> um, and then, you know, artist. It's not really third because it definitely supersedes the work, but. I mean, it would have to be an amazing opportunity for you, I got, know, you have to so many hours the work. That, are, that are set aside for the work. Yeah, and I, yeah, and, and I, need, I, gotcha. I need the money from that job for right. for my family. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I know it, man. It's a struggle. That's 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 the struggle. You know, there's a there's a guy that's running for president, uh, Andrew Yang, and he's proposing uh, universal basic income. Basically, he's wanting to do is give everybody a thousand dollars a month, everybody eighteen and over. Ouch. But how awesome would that be, especially for someone like me or you that just need, I, I mean, I don't know, at least for me. Wait, like so dollars in, in addition to what I'm making? Or yeah. Like, at, okay. No matter who you are, no matter how much money you make, if you're a hundred millionaire person, you're still getting a thousand. You can opt out if you don't want it. But everybody gets a thousand dollars. Just here you go. So you already have your job. And so, but now you have a thousand dollars. Is he just like offering to pay like he's got a plan. It's not like a, it's not a half cocked idea. Where's it's, that money coming from? Though? He's got a ways around it. It's going to take a lot of money off of some of the welfare system because it's going to get revamped. Mm-hmm. And then so that's going to free up uh, a very large like over half of it. I don't know. You'd have I could turn you on to a podcast where he explains it all. Yeah. It's a very interesting. It's very interesting. There's a lot a, of I think a lot of interesting ideas are going to emerge in this. Uh-huh. In because this the big thing race. is, is um, it's not just the race. It's. Uh, with automation right now, with robots and everything, taking all of these jobs. Yeah. There's all these trucker jobs that are about to go bye-bye. Automotive trucks are going to be – we're, we're going to – the the American workforce is going to lose a large portion of their jobs in the next 11 to 20-some-odd years just with yeah. automation. So what are those people going to do for work, for money? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, and so this is I've part of that. I've totally heard that argument, and I, I certainly can't find it within myself to disagree with it that – you know, you're taking any, you know, they say that if you, you know, want to be employed in the future, then you have to do a job a computer can't do, right? Or uh, a machine, mm-hmm. right? If you're doing a job that a machine can do, then that job will eventually become the machine's job. Right. That leaves a lot. It's already happening. That's like the majority of of humanity unemployed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, aside from the absolute catastrophic uh, result that that would have any sane government official would have to recognize that they're not going to stay in office in a society where most of the people are unemployed. Right. You know, if you want to, well, that's just chaos. If you want to deal, especially in the U S you, you want to deal with a bunch of, uh, broke ass angry people mm-hmm. uh who are large part of which probably heavily armed <laughs> yeah okay. uh truckers i mean just probably what the truck the drivers play. are going to be doing oh the yeah trucks are going to be closing down the highways probably attacking these automated semi trucks i mean goes all mad it's going to get ugly yeah, yeah. It, it could get real ugly yeah i mean yeah, desperation totally. causes they'll, they'll have to figure something out and I, I think that just in as uh civilization at large um like I think the I think the Achilles heel of capitalism is that it 
doesn't account for all the true costs of everything. Um, so, you know, for instance, like global warming, right? Presuming that you're someone who believes in global warming. I'm someone that believes that global warming is man-made. If we were to uh, calculate a quantified cost of cutting down a tree into someone doing business, mm -hmm. then they would find a profitable way to do it that, um, you know, that, that calculated that cost in. Right. Right. Yeah. And for the most part, like capitalism is a very exploitative, um, system. If the rules govern a way that you can do it, then you maybe have to abide by the rules, but if there's no rules saying you can't, then, you know, no one's going right. to yeah. stop you from right. dumping some, you know, to toxic sludge yep. in this creek. And, you know, until like some years down the road, like some, you know, some, uh, some people finally can take you to court yep. and then you pay some fines or whatever. But it, I feel like, like the reckoning that has to happen is, um, just at large and and laddering up to what you're talking about, about finding a way to pay people whose jobs are going to be taken yeah. away by robots is like that's a that's a cost. Yep. That's a cost. You, you can't <clears throat> just do something that affects uh, livelihood and the well-being of people and or the environment and say well, that didn't cost me any money, so it was profitable, and we're just going to keep doing that and mm -hmm. then expect that to to last, <laughs> you know? All right. It'll come, come, come crumbling down at some point. Yeah, that's going to be a scary time. I, I, got, I got a song about that. Um, it's like, uh, tell me, do you feel it too? Something coming from just outside a field of view. Wealth will only shield a few, and in the end, what can we even really do? I pray God reveals a clue. But until that happens, laugh and live with passion. Bask in every moment like it's the last one, but maybe that's asking too much. Most all our hearts are armor-plated, heavily fortified, sort of like the shell of which a tortoise hides. The blinded like a horse's eyes inside a swarm of flies by this organized confusion, diverting our retention from the warning signs to focus on our normal lives. Ignore the lies, look up toward the sky, see that a storm's arrived. Saw the truth so crystal clear it disappeared before my eyes. Immortalized inside my mind and there the form resides. We're born to die before the troubles I've seen. I find it highly likely that it just might be the end. And then in the second verse, I get more into the... Um, uh, trying to try remember how, how it goes. <laughs> you got so many you can't remember them. Well, here, here's how, how my memory works with music. You got to get rolling? Yeah, hand me the mic, the mouse, and the uh, keyboard real quick. Big shout out to Robin. Yeah, dude, thanks for holding it down. To uh, coming out here and running the cameras what? for us, dude, it was awesome. The, oh, thank you the so unsung much, hero, unsung hero of this hero. episode yes. of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. If you're down doing it again, bro. Yeah, man. You know how it is. Love you, brother. Love you too, bro. Take care, man. I'll get at you later. Here, here's how rhymes work for me. 
if I I can almost never pick up a verse in the middle. If I'm like, oh wow, what was that rhyme? If I start at the beginning. Oh, he's gotta move your can you move your, Oh no, I'm parked behind him. Can we can we pause the show? Absolutely. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. I start. Um speaking of your of your song, One Man Posse, how how do you get it on the radio? Like, have you tried getting it on, like, like, is that something right, you try right now or want to do? Or, like, how does oh, that yeah, work in yeah, that? Yeah, right, right now that? it's just sending it to people. Um, so, it got played on <clears throat> KKFI 90.1 because um, I know kids from back, back in the day, he played, uh, me and Lou Rip kind of teased with one of our tracks last year from our Mokes project, and he played that on the radio, and then, uh, played this when I put out the um, project lucid album like that got some spins on uh, 93.3 but it's like the DJ who's spinning that set has to know about it and want mm-hmm. <clears throat> want to incorporate it or mm-hmm. um, you know I don't know that much about radio the the program uh, <coughs> director maybe that sounds right. like, that sounds like the right sort of role. yeah program director. Um, you know, and I do know the people I need to ask these questions. So it's just, it's just like one foot in front of the other, not yeah. being able to do everything immediately. But that's also a, an aspect of just putting one man posse out as a single. Cause, um, I have in a full length, uh, LP, uh, 11 tracks already mastered, ready to go. Um, and it has like three videos for it already. And, and that kind of music thing. Music videos? Yeah. yeah You've I, already I, done I, them? Yeah. Dude, oh, so cool. I've got I've got uh more more videos in the can. So that's part of it's part of like setting up a runway right. to to try and release stuff. But then So the, you have a whole one, album, right? One man posse is a lot about, you know, getting uh figuring out like who's who's the distribution I'm gonna go through. Um how you know Okay. Metadata. What do you you know, how do you what do you fill out on your um you know, on your wave, your MP3, uh, you know, when you submit it, um, getting all the credits, right. Uh, and this is, this is all, a lot of this is stuff that I'm, I'm still working through, but then also trying to make sure that the people who worked on that track, um, if they're registered with another, like, uh, you know, ASCAP or or BMI or whatever, make sure Mm -hmm. that there's an allocation, of credits yeah. to them, that kind of thing. Um, cause you know, I've been blessed with a big network of, <clears throat> uh, producers and musicians and people that, that I get to move, I get to make music with and collaborate with. <clears throat> but then I think that when, and if I catch traction and start making money for it, if I don't have the mechanism in place to get, um, people, what they should get from it and, and what they've put into it, um, the percentages basically, Yeah. then I'm not just doing a disservice to them. I'm doing a disservice to myself because, um, that disincentivizes people, uh, into working with me. And, um, the, the people that I work with, we've, we've been fucking with each other since way before anybody was getting anything for this. Yeah. But, they are also like some of the best at doing what they all do. Yeah. And I want 
you know, if I start to make it, I want them to make it too. I want us all to, to come up like, um, you know, I have an overarching dream that, uh, in essence, just me and whatever, you know, network of creatives that, Mm -hmm. that my life is interwoven with that we perpetuate collectively our own work. I've fallen in love with collaboration, you know, um, I would say that like my album coming out, the work that I've, the stuff that I've put out, like my name's on it, but I did, I mean, maybe I did have to work on it just it, you know, because you're, you're the one driving it, right? Right. Like no one's making the album for you, or at least in my case, no one's making these albums for me, but there are a lot of people contributing their time, exactly, uh, yeah, their talents. Um, uh, A lot of times, thanklessly, except for, you know, it being like, Hey, thanks, dude. Um, <laughs> and it's all because we just we share, you know, a desire to to do it. Uh, but you know, if you're going to build it into something that can be sustaining or something that can, uh, you know, take you next level, yeah, then you also have to have. You, know, you can't just design a nice house without knowing where the ductwork is supposed to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and uh, I, I've never known that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's a lot of the one man posse DIY approaches. Uh, I mean, no, no one's setting stuff up for me, but if I know the right questions to ask, I know every question. I know someone that I can ask yeah. and if they don't know it, then they can probably refer me or I maybe know a few people I to ask. It. I get it. Um, one of the big questions that I don't have an answer to right now is uh, I'm going to do a, a remix contest for One Man Posse. <clears throat> and it's the kind of thing, like I have the, I have sort of the rewards and, and timeline and everything worked out for what that would be so I could host it through like SoundCloud. But then it's only going to reach the producers sort of in my sphere and uh, my, my homie Matt Peters. Uh, who does a lot of my music and has done a lot of a lot of, a lot of my engineering? He's a musical genius. Um, he uh, he's like, dude, but there's remix websites that producers go to from like all over the world to mm-hmm. look for tracks that uh, want to be remixed. So if you want, you know, if if you want visibility, if the yeah. idea is, um, you know, getting this in people's ears, then you gotta find that. But huh. I I don't know. You know, I've Googled some of those sites. I, I just don't, I don't know which one is right for yeah. for this. And, you know, maybe uh, I just need to, you know, pick one or whatever. Um, but I, I like to ask people's, you know, I'm the kind of person, if I go to a restaurant and I don't have something that I'm like set on, then I'm going to ask the uh, server. What's her favorite? What, yeah, what's the recommendation? Yeah. Because... That's how you, that's how you know, mm-hmm. that's how, that's how you get the fast track. And yeah. I'm all about, cause she's the, prof- he, he or she is the professional yeah. and, and they're the one who knows. And so it's like always trying to figure out when I have a question, who's the person who knows who's the expert, the, the answer to this. And then, um, you know, how do I hopefully ask them without over, uh, over taxing them by asking them too many questions, I, I, Yeah, you know, Mm-hmm that's always a careful balance like how to hopefully have people down to help you when you need it but not to um 
not to abuse that. Yeah. Right. I'm so bad at asking anybody for anything. I hate asking people for stuff. Dude, I was that you way know? for a long yeah. time. And I think the <coughs> thing that that triggered we, we in my brain. We kind of had this conversation recently, I, you and I did. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So the thing that triggered in my, it's it's the whole like my art and I are separate, right? Yeah. Um, I just at one point recognized if I'm really trying to do what's in the best interest of my art, then not asking people for help when yeah. and if I see the opportunities uh, to to need it is ridiculous. And and then what I found was that not only were people willing to help, there were people who thought that what I was engaged in was exciting and they wanted to be yeah. a part of it. Nice. Um, and, and that's fantastic. And I, and I do that side of things too. You know, I help mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, we were talking about Seth's crew earlier and I spent a lot of years um, doing their art because I wanted to, because right. I, you know, uh, you know, try and find, I'm sure you can find a bigger fan these days. Cause, um, I don't live with those dudes anymore or whatever, yeah. but I mean, there was a time when, you know, especially before there were no, <clears throat> but I still knew, you know, all their lyrics. Um, and it was like, I don't want someone else doing the art for this because, I, I want to have a say in what it yeah. looks like. Also, um, you know, to, I guess, toot my own horn, like who is going to do a better job. Right, exactly. Um, That's awesome. And, and part of that being that yeah. I knew them, like I know they're into comic books, so like let's let's make this like a graphic novel. That had to be kind of an honor, really, to be able to do that. Yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, I think I treated it as, as such. Certainly – like the most recent album cover I did for those, which uh, was the first one I had done first art I had done for them since they signed with strange uh, was for uh, cast catastrophic event specialists. Mm. Um, and you be reeled me in on that to do the cover. And um, yeah, man, I mean, I was, I was hella honored at, you know, at the same time, like doing, uh, doing art, professionally is that's like my day job right um so i recognize that you know in a way i'm just like the right person to hit up to do this there are other people that could certainly do it and they've you know gotten some really good uh artists working on other stuff that they've done and some of whom could have done that but um that i had the uh, capabilities to step in and you know when we were when we were talking about it and it was like okay we want to have you know, because UB pretty much had the idea of, are you familiar with that album cover? It's like, uh, no. So catastrophic events specialist album cover. It's a. Uh, I could probably pull it up. Yeah, you can you can pull it up. Um, there, there's like an explosion. UB's in a in a suit and he's uh getting. He's getting. All right, what's propelled, the, what, what should I type in? Uh, just do catastrophic. crew. Cess crew catastrophic. I think that should get you there. So it's like, okay, we want an explosion. And UV's like getting propelled from the explosion. The the Black Lives Matter thing had just started. Oh yeah, this album and, cover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so uh like I got Gotti on on the top with like uh you know, a line of a line of police. And um You did that cover? Yeah, man. That's dope. Yeah. How do you even do anything like that? How does that even how do you even begin to do something like that? Uh it starts with a conversation. 
<laughs> and then sketches. And then, uh, you know, like for this, it was a lot of photo sourcing. So Gotti and That's Yubi, so sweet. you know, they, they did a photo shoot and I had a, a ton of photos to pick from. And then it's uh, figuring out what's the composition of the album and what are, you know, what are the expressions? What are the ways that they're turning their heads or whatever that, that kind of fit the best within here? Um, then, you know, the conversation is like, what goes inside the crest and what does that represent? What, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, it's kind of like, it reminds me of is a uh, grand theft auto. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say like, I, I never actively, I think I was doing grand theft auto type art when grand theft auto came out, but it was definitely, um, such a, a tight style right that i mean it's hard not to perpetuate that or Mm -hmm. um you know kind of you know it's quantifiable like you can look at it and it's like it looks really cool but as an artist i can also look at it and say okay these are the steps to get to that illustration Mm -hmm. um and so that's a finished look Mm -hmm. and so that's something that you know if i employ those uh style sensibilities or or like that framework or whatever then i can kind of kind of deviate and and do other stuff and and i'm i'm painterly so um you know if if you get like some stencil work or spray paint or or something in there too or or whatever it's uh it's it's fun to to not just have it look digital or whatever but uh you know, album covers and stuff. It's hard for it to not just be digital because that's 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 the world. That yeah. is the world. Yeah, that is the world we live in. Mm-hmm. Digital world. So you have an album all done, and you're just queued up. Yeah, and then wait, uh, you, do you have a date that you're gonna drop it? No. So here, a big a a, a decision that I made at one point was I will <clears> never set a release date until everything is already done for what's being released. Okay. Right. The album cover is not done. Okay. Are you going to do it? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't really. I didn't know if that'd be like the one thing where you would just say, all right, someone else do this for me since I always do it. No, it's It's just too personal. It's gotta be, yeah, it's gotta be me. Y'all do. Absolutely. Uh, down the road, uh, I'd I'd love to, um, you know, especially if I got the resources, have uh, have other people maybe do it. I'm really I'm still in the process of opening up to a true collaborative spirit, um, but I'm coming from a state of mind that I had in art school where like I need to do everything for myself and it needs to be you know me encapsulated and. Um, it needs to be the you know the deepest parts of myself uh just like put in these paintings or or something mm-hmm. i mean it, it was it was a realization uh an epiphany that it's not less me if other people work on it too yeah. and really it doesn't matter um nearly as much who owns what part of something if everybody that is working on something makes it better 
like right the, like the pyramids <laughs> i mean <laughs> i'd have to think about that one for a second i feel like that uh i'm not and i'm not gonna you know waste <laughs> waste airtime uh right now but yeah so i i think my analogy would be like sand slaves um sand slaves not sand slaves but sands like minus i w- i won't have slaves in the analogy of like how my art works because <laughs> i'm probably far removed from uh you know a, a pharaoh or uh type of person that would have interest or power and money to you know uh force like tens or hundreds of thousands of oh i don't think they do were forced i don't think they were forced i think they did it out of love or I, there's 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 reason to believe now that it wasn't they weren't forced to do that because it would have been too many people for too long of time to have been forced to do it. They would have hmm. they would have been having to put love because it's so precise. Like if they were being forced to it, there'd probably be too much fuckery. Too much stuff would have gotten messed up along the way. It wouldn't have been as okay. perfect. Uh, well, okay. So think about it like this: if uh, say you got. Let's say you've got a, a gigantic guild of masons mm-hmm. who all have, well, maybe they would be precise. But, so these weren't masons that were building the pyramids. They they were people. Would their love of what they were doing or their be, the thing, be the thing that engineered the precision in it? That would have been whoever was, you know, the project manager on it the person overseeing uh yeah and Sh- would they sure. not have as likely been able to say move that stone you know two tenths of an i don't know what the measurements they were using back then inches uh, of course you know and e- egyptometer um yeah. you know uh would they have be- had better luck getting someone to do that if that person was in love with the project versus if, you know, they might get dismembered or, or whipped for not doing it. Sure. But I just, yeah, I don't know that you can now help. we can't know. And, and right. I, I personally, uh, don't have, uh, I don't think you could say like a horse in that fight. I think that's, mercy. yeah, I don't know either. It's just something I've recently, heard. I think there's, I think there's good information out there that, that, suggests that those people were not slaves that they weren't being forced to do it that that could well be i'm and just saying there, i know it's out there so here, it'd be something to look if you're interested it might be something I'm, to look i'm the look sort into. of personality type that like i i enjoy uh the idea of the you know pyramids were built by aliens or they were ah, it's a uh, sexy, in, influenced sexy by theory, sure it's or influenced yeah yeah i'm now we can't know you know um I Maybe think, we I never think, know. I we're, think that we're really uh, just arrogant in our technology, and to assume that because people lived a long time ago, they couldn't have figured out the things that we have trouble figuring out now mm-hmm. is a really sort of just pompous and asinine um, presumption. Well, they didn't have the internet. They couldn't have been as smart <laughs> as us. <laughs> Which only has made us more intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's so debatable, isn't it? Like on one hand it has, but then on the other hand, well, it's put more at our fingertips, oof. but it has has it done I don't, more damage. I don't think than it's. it's I don't think it helps the individual. Um, I don't know. You know, if you were to really look into what percentage of individuals utilize the internet for more than for, porn, yeah, for productive purposes, mm-hmm. I mean, that could be interesting. Or you know, not just porn, entertainment, just um, <laughs> just like. It's porn and Netflix. That's what society has basically crafted with this amazing technology is porn and Netflix. Like, that's actually measurable. Like, I don't, I'm not just saying yeah, that. Yeah, no, that, that, that's all. You can measure all that. Yeah. Absolutely. It's insane. There's, there's, uh, there's a almost seemingly infinite amount of metrics that mm-hmm. um, I'm sure people are in the process of uh, employing computers to analyze yeah. <laughs> right now. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why that made me think of like China's whole like citizen, uh, their their citizen like grading system or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's like the it's like shit gone wrong, like all those metrics, but it's the metrics that are telling the government what a citizen's score is of themselves <laughs> as. Yeah. As a human being, um, uh, the the daily, which is like one of my regular podcasts, it's nice. It's short and it gives you kind of like an insight into the news or whatever. They did a piece uh, the other day on five um, G and the the fight over five uh, G and how a lot of people think that that is is the next um, like major leap in control is who controls the 5g network because that's going to be the network of internet of things Mm -hmm. like iot and the interconnectivity of um not just all of our devices but and our self-driving cars and our um but also uh you know national like security Mm self-defense like all all those kind of things are going to um route through whoever establishes the next 5g system. So of course it's like, don't let China be, you know? Yeah. Um, I think they, they called out. It was, uh, I think, did they say the Czech Republic who, uh, they're basically threatening Czech Republic because China had set up their 3g and 4g networks. Um, like, well, if you, uh, allow China to be, you know, the, company that sets up your 5g network then we just can't in essence be on the same side like we can't i think it was that they want the u.s to build bases in the czech republic um huh. and so china wants the u.s to build no no, no the czech republic oh, czech wants, wants okay. the u.s to build bases but then the u.s is saying no if you're using china for 5g networks gotcha, uh, yeah. for your you know for your internet infrastructure then mm-hmm. we're not going there because then they have an open conduit to uh, to us, to our communication, to yeah. all, all of our stuff. And that's real. That that's, is that's, real. That's very real. And it, it really sucks to think about that um, because it's like all those, you know, asking does the, does the internet, does everything that's at our fingertips, has it benefited us? Um, I think that's yet to be written. 
because it's so new. Everything it's interesting. Everything kind of um grows in a similar pattern. Mm. You know, they talk about like stars and like a young star is kind of acts like a teenager or acts <laughs> like a kid. Like they're right. they're just wild, you know? Like I think that there's something innate to and it works i think with ideas as well right like you ideas like a star oh well like like the wild west right you know the Mm. the wild west when you know pioneers went out west it was it was crazy it was wild it was chaotic it it was people acting um, fueled by their baser instincts Uh right so i think that happens as well with with ideas and something such as the internet uh, you know, people's interest in just going in, um, you know, using it for porn instead of, uh, like learning researching, a language or something, learning stuff. Yeah. Dude, my, my love for podcasts, I, I'm addicted to, to podcasts. Nice. Um, I am too. In general. Obviously. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Uh, dude, I think that podcasts are sort of like a renaissance. Like last night mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast on the, uh, um, uh, sound effects and cartoons, you know, just how, huh. how they're made. That, that's, that's awesome. That's old. You know? That's got some history that, yeah, that's absolutely. Got some history. Well, to it, it goes back to early 1900s. It's right. like from the very beginning, mm-hmm. um, back when cartoons were made coconut for, a, shells, for adults, taking coconuts together. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and they, they kind of had some of those, uh, some of those like reveals of, this sound effect or that sound effect. Mm-hmm. Like they talked about, you know, star Wars. And I had heard, uh, that at one point in, I don't remember when or where I heard this, but that the like lightsaber sound was, um, them recording, like tapping a, a frozen lake or, or something like that. It was like the sound of hitting ice, frozen water. And then manipulating that sound became like the lightsaber. I've seen sound. some interesting. Yeah. I have seen like a, Maybe a vice piece or some kind of like 30 or 45 minute documentary on how they do different noises. Like it was more for like movie effects. Not yeah. Well, and they, and they, yeah. Like they, they, they do. They weird got into stuff like, like South that. Park effects and, mm-hmm. and how how the style of the effects like that, you know, even like Family Guy, like they, they talked about like Stewie's footsteps, how it's not like it doesn't actually sound like footsteps, but it's like a character like, you know, like whatever that sound is. Um yeah, I'm bad at sound effects, but you know that it doesn't have to be realistic in cartoons. Like it has to be realistic right. in in a in a movie like a Saving Private Ryan or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. exactly, yeah. exactly. And man, the, always the the tough thing to wrap your brain around uh, when you hear about that stuff is that they don't. They're like, yeah, if, you know, whatever you're hearing when you watch the movie, probably ninety five percent of that is post-production right not even the the actors voices Mm -hmm. is during the take and it's (coughs) really because it's so believable yeah um oh so uh one of the funny or what i thought was like a cool reveal about special effects they were talking about the tie fighters in star wars Mm -hmm. and they said it was like it was like a noise from a baby elephant manipulated and you kind of it's like a Huh. I, I'm not even going to try and do it because I'm just going to like embarrass Butcher, myself. Yeah, but if yeah. anyone can picture, it's kind of like a, it's almost like a scream, like it kind of trying to picture screams that. past you. Um, and elephant. then if you think, what? oh, oh elephant okay. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Trumpeting. 
then it oh yeah kind of works. I gotcha. Yeah. Oh yeah, it does work. But you wouldn't manipulate it for a little bit. Okay. But when yeah. you're watching a you know mm-hmm. one of the most awesome you know sci-fi movies in in history, you're not thinking baby <laughs> elephants. You're thinking. Oh damn! They're gonna get that X-wing or like you know. I'm gonna really be thinking about up. baby elephants now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, podcasts are the shit. Um, uh, dude, I got like over a hundred episodes into like the history of Byzantine Empire podcast, Jeez. and it's it's like if I'm washing dishes or because I do visual arts as a job. If I'm doing something that does not require, I'm a mailman. Um, I listen, that, dude. Just, that's all yeah, I do. That's me, what I love about my job is just listening to podcasts. Dude, you can you can get lost in really, really amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pirate History Podcast is like another one of my favorites. And then, you know, stuff you should know or like, you know, you kind of I get on like tangents of finding. Yeah, I, I love the story podcasts um, that, uh, you know, there's probably a resolution or whatever. Right. Like maybe it's sort of a true crime or it's like about. Those true crimes are huge. Everyone loves the true crime yeah. ones. Those are huge. Yeah. Women love them. Yeah. Yeah. They uh they seem to seem to gravitate towards that. Yeah. I mean, guys guys do too. I don't know what No, yeah, they do percentage. too. Yeah, but more more women I think kind of tend to gravitate more towards that the crime ones. It it could be. Yeah. I no, I think that's yeah, I don't know. I think I just read that somewhere. Maybe I overheard it from a guy in a bar once. Huh probably credible maybe you know <laughs> uh probably as likely to be true hearing it from a guy in a bar as um you know reading, reading it, it on, on the internet on buzz <laughs> or something. Yeah. yeah so what's next for you what do we uh what do we got so you're waiting just trying to get everything uh, together for so the, the, the one man posse remix thing and mm-hmm. um i have a t-shirt design i've been working on for for one man posse and then i have all this music queued up a lot of it has loose ends to tie up and so it's kind of like whatever ties up the loose end next is the next thing right um i have video shoots uh like planned and pending and um you know people who said they wanted to help me out and then don't you know return you know my Uh, messages or whatever and then uh, you know you want to give them uh, time like oh well maybe they're they're just busy and yeah you know in like a month they'll they'll be free and then mm-hmm. y- you kind of keep getting the same uh lack of like response sure but then they say they want to help out and then you know you gotta say okay i'm gonna re recess the plan here and mm-hmm. make a new one and so you know there there are things that i'm in the middle of that and then like i said there are videos that are already done um wow. so you know, the hope is to not let things lag, to build a little bit of some buzz with this track. Uh, most likely, the next thing that comes out is going to be a Mox, um, either a single or we have an EP that is pretty much ready to go as well. And we have a video that goes with the EP, but it's kind of like a deep artistic video, which is it's really dope, but we probably need to preceded it with another mm-hmm. video a lot of what i've done is engineer where i want to be in like nine months but then i'm trying to like fill in the pieces um from now till then so i have uh projects that are slated for after i even drop my full-length album oh, wow. um but then the album deserves to be 
set up and have some <laughs> buzz to feed off of. You Boy, know, and that's a lot going into all this. That's a lot to think about. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm no- notoriously um, overthinking. In, in, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, not in my brain. It, no, I know what you mean, but yeah. Um, you can't evaluate the angles too many times. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's like, a, uh, I'd like to make an analogy to like a tactician, like planning out the strategy of, you know, their, their assault mm-hmm. on a particular like battlefield or whatever, you know, just thinking through the contingencies and thinking like how it has to unfold. And you need one thing that evokes a response so that you can give the next wave uh, a little bit more leeway to be more effective and then you want to be able to preempt a little bit what the effect of that might be and engineer the next thing that would come in to be the thing that would take advantage of that Um, so a a lot of my music and art is more um, like conceptual and personal and deep and those are the things that I'm going to get to but it's in my brain it's not like what you start with yeah right you you start with one man posse that anyone can hear it and they're just like oh that beats dope you know mm-hmm. and then we're not we're not demanding too much of the listener if you want to get into it into the lyricism and appreciate it it's there yeah you know and because that's what we if got not, it's just a fun song yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly and and uh and a fun video one of, one of the it's favorite a fun video that was yeah. a fun video to shoot and it was yeah. a fun video to make and the reason the video turned out so well was because we all just were having fun. We had um, at least a 12 pack of beer and we we're just clowning. And here's one of the uh, one of the insights to I knew that. All right. I got to go into this video with some ideas of ways to uh, make it make it different. Give it character. Yeah. Right. And so we did the fish islands and we did the the green cube. So we knew it was going to be keyed out and have like something happening in the background, but I didn't know what it would be. And then the other thing that I decided to do is, okay, well, when we go, I'm going to have three versions of the track that we're going to perform to. One is going to be just the regular version of the track. One is going to be slowed down 33%. And the other is going to be slowed down 66%. Oh, geez. And then so it's like one chop and screw see and and yeah. we're you know so like you see these like great jittery moments and it's it's kind of the um old like miss elliot like buster rhymes video kind of oh yeah thing that i never you know yeah. before i did it i didn't I, I didn't equate that but then i'm like that's must be how they did that you know right was they slowed the track down they performed it to the slow version of the track and they sped the footage sped up. up um based on you know the the percentage that you slowed it down you speed up mm-hmm. the other one the same and it and i'm not a math wizard yeah. but it worked it, yeah. i made it work and um it added a lot of character because there's just there's so much motion so much going on and it kind of like fluctuates and then um you know little stuff that is it only happens because of our comfort level with each other yeah uh like the scene when like Gotti's coming in and I'm like rapping his part and he like pushes me aside <laughs> you know yeah like that that was us uh because we were just clowning right you know so at whatever moment I was and I don't even remember 
you know, I don't, I don't remember like what I was doing or what I was thinking when we were filming it. Um, I only got familiar really with it. You know, I knew we were having fun, but um, when I was going through all the footage and mm-hmm. editing it and being like, oh man, this works, this works, this works. And that was the type of video where I had way more footage than I could use. Mm-hmm. And so I forced myself to be extremely selective about, okay, like I got, I got three, and it's a lot of fast cuts, right? And I'd be like, okay, I got three possible um, interactions for these two seconds right here. And man, I like this one the most, but it has Gotti and Lou interacting and then they're interacting in the next scene. So even though I like this one the most, ah, I'm going to do this other one that's so funny. that is, yeah. is visually distinct enough from yeah. that one that it's going to lead into. And then just, you know, kind of, kind of weighing those things. Um, but it, it turned out really well and just cause it was, I think so, so organic, you know, it was, it was just fun. It was fun to dig into that footage and splice and edit it. And I spent enough time on it that, you know, I, I, it wasn't all fun, <laughs> yeah. but the important parts mm-hmm. were when, I, you know, when you're feeling it out and you're not in just like the busy work part and you're like, you're seeing how this can become, something sure more. yeah and i think people like the track but i think it's when people see the video that it takes on uh i think it takes on like a greater um presence like you know i hope people kind of see it and hear it and feel like it's something that they can own themselves and they mm-hmm. can feel like they are almost participating in in watching yeah, it or nice. in hearing it um and you know they can be their own one man posse. Like when I when I do the T-shirts, I expect that. That's what I am. Um, dude, I think so many people. I think a lot of people man. can can relate to that. I relate to it. I mean, I I certainly, especially with, you know, everything that's happened with me with with my podcast and and my listeners know. Yeah. That I have definitely become a one man posse. Yeah, but that's also how you started, right? I did start. Yeah. Pretty much like that. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think. Uh, yeah. I mean. Things change, things things evolve, move on. Yeah, um, it's great. I love it, man. I fuck. I I love being a one man posse. It's, it's it's good. I I hope that everyone feels you know that they can mm-hmm. they they have a one man posse within them. I I was trying to think of a good like gender neutral or gender <coughs> gender flip like version of that for like women's tees or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I I could not come up with one because it's at that point it's too PC and it doesn't sound cool. Um, yeah, he could get into so trouble there. That might just have to be, uh, too bad. It's just one man posse. Yeah. One man posse. Just don't, don't, don't twist it. Well, yeah. man, I appreciate you being here. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Is there anything you want to just put out there right now? I'm going to give you this floor to pimp what you want. See, I, I, I've had above. Oh, I'm going to put yeah. you. Yeah. Well, let me, let me spot, spotlight you there. It's got your name and your website. Above. Oh no. What happened to it? Wait, it's. It's chesting. Issues with I'm, the computer. I'm on social, like, a lot. So, Instagram is my platform of choice. I Mine, also too. do Facebook. I, yeah. I, I like that it's not trying to tell me what I want to see, personally. Um, it's right. just accepting that I picked whose feeds I want to follow, and then it shows me that stuff in chronological order. That mm. I like that. I do, too. Um, and there's something about it, maybe because it's an image-based platform, 
that uh, it just it doesn't attract a lot of the topics, a lot of the divisive shit that you find on like Facebook. Facebook. Uh, yeah, somehow Instagram innately avoids that. I, I presume it's innately and not just something like magical happening on the back end or something. But um, at Lucid Flows on uh, on Instagram, or uh, I do have a Lucid Flows artist page on Facebook. I try and, you know, update it, but I, I mostly put everything through Daniel Lucid Bartle, uh, which is who I am on Facebook. Um, you got a show opportunity, you want to holler at me, I'm lucidflows at gmail.com. If you want to just check out my website, it's lucidflows.com. Uh, I'm fortunate there's not a not a lot of lucid flows. Out. There's a ton of lucids. And I went, most people know me, know me by lucid because, um, but I'm not even like the only lucid in Kansas City. Oh, now. Yeah. Like I, I maybe was when I donned the name back in what was probably like 99 or 2000 or Man. something. But it's old school as it gets right there. Well, you know, in in my world. <laughs> uh, but that was as much like, uh, you know, doing graph letters and, mm. and stuff. It was kind of like lucid arts is what I've determined is sort of my visual arts or like if there's a company version it's lucid arts and then lucid flows is like the you know the flows it's what the uh the doing the art um yeah i mean follow me i i have a lot of stuff queued up to come out and um i think it's good i think it's worth checking out well hopefully if it's uh if it's all as good or better than one man posse it's gonna be phenomenal and uh yeah, I, I got to close out with a yeah. with a verse. Just close out for a verse, you know, and I'll hit I'll end like as soon uh, as end. Thanks everybody for uh, listening and tuning in and watching. However, you got this. Big shout out to uh, everyone that's made this happen. Robin, that was here earlier, Lucid, and again, guys, like, rate, review, all that stuff. And again, this is my campaign to be the best podcast in Kansas City for the Pitch Awards. Take it away. It. Take it away, Lucid. Ha cha cha. A wheel words of verbal crab, my guy. And spit hot lava through every shuda chakra. MC for lama chow, my tongue's a blade, it's like katana. They say I'm nice with the blah, 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 but so sick of steez. Only over time has been achieved. The early bird, it gets the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. Well, everyone's in such a rush to wait. I was always running late, busy doing what it takes to achieve something great. An underrated artist to guard it, what's a suspect is rare. If you yet aware with the skill that I possess to share, rhymes and effect to me fresher than a breath of air, more debonated, fret of status in and out of set of stairs. Whoever dare enter in a den of bears, best beware the size of incisors. Inclined to find flesh to tear, headed where the wild things are. I'll be back once the crown's finally yours and going rise to the stars. Thank you. Thank you. Listen to Neanderthal.